Are we ready? I'm fucking ready. I've been fucking ready. You're like out on the tangents. I'm Dave Bonville. And I'm Warren Lee. Welcome to the Dad Afghanistan podcast. Is it really even a podcast or is this some kind of video cast? I don't know what the fuck it is. It's just two fucking idiots talking to each other about cool shit, right? It's not even that cool sometimes. (laughs) 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 Listen, this is episode 10. We've made it this far. I can't believe that we've done 10 episodes. (laughs) This is a lot of work, bro. It's some fucked up shit. I'm having iced coffee to make sure that I've been trying to try and go cush all morning. (laughs) <laughs> so to make sure i didn't have to have a early afternoon dab nap i moved to iced coffee and jack hair i mean today could be a big sesh episode right it's a big smoking episode that's what i'm saying so i'm a little nervous that i'm already pretty high coming in <laughs> because because our guest today is a stoner supreme fucking one of the elite <laughs> The elite of all stoners. He's a pretty good guitar player too. Cool band, like write some good music. Like he's cool all around. But but as far as getting high, he's the only one, in fact, on tour that ever uh would, like roll you? out. Well, I mean, you just roll out and he knew everything that we were talking about when you busted out the mothership that time. Like you shot yeah, it. Oh, yeah. And then he was like, Oh, you finally got a fucking mothership. Right? Like nobody else even knew what that shit was. You guys were smoking out little bunk ass rigs and like brown ass hash. And- well, bro, you didn't, we didn't, you gotta realize as a stoner personally, uh, you elevated me when I met you, right? I was just some fucking stoner. You guys stoner, were busy too, know? right? I get how well, it was. No, but it was, you know, I was a stoner back then, right? And I'm still a stoner now, but I'm more of a connoisseur because of you, right? You know what I mean? So the way it should be. Like, yeah, no, I know. I've always tried to like involve myself in like the cannabis culture type thing, but. You know, um, my ex-wife this wasn't really into deep it, in the cannabis so. culture. Oh yeah, he's totally into it. So, should we mention who it is, or should we just bring him on later? I mean, they just dropped a new video, dude. Big announcement, new record coming. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring him on later. We'll tell everybody in there, man. We got all right. Cool. There's other shit. There's other, like the world is a busy fucking place. <laughs> What'd you do this week? This week, I haven't, I've, we haven't recorded in like two weeks, bro. Remember? That's right. That's right. Because well, last week we had the first time our, our, our guest <clears throat> canceled last minute, right? So family emergency or something, you know what I mean? He's still so, coming on though, right? We're still, we'll still. Uh, I hope so. I need to confirm that. <laughs> rocks, but, uh, dude. Everybody's like, everybody's sitting around with nothing to do and still like ghosting you, acting all aloof. My fucking, <laughs> my dude is even ghosting you. <laughs> thought we were friends dude when i text him about it he just sent me a emoji <laughs> last time i texted him he said he was ready i was like you ready for prime time he's like yeah i think so and then ghost me yeah management probably got a hold of him <laughs> said, don't, don't don't do that it's Isn't not a good idea management? <laughs> He probably, she's the president. She's probably, the president. I know. She probably, probably. You know what? Hey, let's say congratulations to Kristen uh, Mulderick for getting the promotion at uh, Rick Sales Entertainment. Fuck yeah. She's well, now the president. Yep. President of Rick Sales Entertainment. It's badass. She's awesome, Bo- dude. She's a boss lady, dude. Yeah. She's always been a boss lady, but now she's really the boss lady. You know, right? she's so. probably watched this podcast, and then he mentioned something about jumping on here and doing something. She was like, yo, you can't go on that bullshit. <laughs> You know what? She uh, actually, I, I spoke with her maybe a week or two ago, and she said she hadn't seen it yet. So she knew about it, but she hadn't watched it yet. So 
Yeah, but still, she knows that she knows us well enough that she and, decided against. Well, listen, she wouldn't do that to this, us. She like, listen, right now, that's the perfect time to let all of our listeners know, right? To hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a comment, let us know what you think about the show to keep this going. Oh man, I don't know. Like they may leave enough comments to not keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> if we're going to desperately lose our producer. He's going to quit on us if we don't get some kind of attention to this show. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. If we don't get some more subscribes and like somebody buy a shirt, we've dropped some shirts. Yeah, we just, okay, yeah, let's talk about that. that just, by, week, by, right? the time this, by the time this episode airs, um, you know, we might be hopefully low on the, on the shirt count, but yes, absolutely. Go to www.pitchforkny.com to pick up our new Dadganistan t-shirts. Launched with Pitchfork. That makes us elite, huh? Street cred. Yeah, because yeah, it's street cred. <laughs> it gives you street cred. <laughs> we, define, we define street cred in very different ways. We learned that this week or last Did week. Did we? I think so. Yeah. It was, it what's, was fairly what's, recently. What's your idea, street cred? Mine is more just like, it's like that you have some, uh, you got some skills and some credibility. Um, here, hang on a second. <laughs> somebody calling you <laughs> yeah, my mom she seems to call in oh every mom single, every single time that we're doing this like that's yeah she calls she'll, she'll probably blow up again right like it'll be two or three it's like she learns how to use a little bit of the technology and then it's just a fucking barrage. that's great well listen that's your mom bro she's just checking in on you man hey man there'll be a day uh that's true. Right when I was talking street cred, mom called to give <laughs> to, to get back you up, bro. Give you some street that's, cred. That's some street cred where I come from. See, right there. <laughs> and it's a very different thing for you. <laughs> See, from where I'm from, there is no actual street. So street cred would of course mean something very different. It's just a road, right? Like a dirt path or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like a it's like a path cred. <laughs> Through the, through the woods, like, to where you go get the getting high spot. What's the matter? You didn't grow up in the concrete jungle like myself? I didn't. I didn't. There was actually woods behind the house and shit. We would go back to the train tracks and smoke weed and stuff. I mean, I had train tracks and woods behind my house at one point in Queens. Was there woods? Oh, yeah. Like, really? straight woods, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't think there was, like, a tree grows in Brooklyn kind of shit, right? Isn't there, isn't that a, like, a... Uh, there's, I mean, I, I'm, dude, I'm in Queens, bro. I'm not in Brooklyn, first of all. Let's get that straight. Big difference, all right? I'm going to look at you at, with a <laughs> It's all New York, right? Like, I mean, no, it's not. It's not all New York, bro. I'm I mean, in Queens. You're not on Long Island. There's like a beach, and it's more like neighborhoods and shit, right? But I it picture concrete jungle for the entire... Long Island is suburbia. Yeah, yeah. That's straight suburbia. I mean, I'm like not in the city. But Queens is still close to the city, and it's you know it's quieter, right? That's why I'm out here. I think um, we've talked about this before, right? My only two perceptions maybe. of Queens are King of Queens. The, yes, it's and, a good one. Good, good perception. And uh, coming to America. That's a great perception. <laughs> you know what? I can take you to where that McDowell's is. It's a Wendy's. It's really? actually a Wendy's. Yeah, and where you see. Uh, um, there was the uh, barbershop, too. You know where the barbershop is? Is that real? Mm, I'm sure it is. Probably somewhere in Jamaica. <laughs> Weren't they all Eddie Murphy's? Wasn't every character in there Eddie Murphy in the barbershop? I think shop? so. And then the barbershop, the <laughs> scene, the barbershop scene, I'm pretty sure every single one was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> There's Queens. 
That's where you go There's to queen. find your chicks. That's, dude, there you go, man. If you're a king, that's where you go to find your queen. <laughs> it's only logical. It's, it's <laughs> see, see, this is the goofy shit that makes this show awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So well, hold on. Uh, I, I think, aren't they talking about doing a remake of that? Are they? Of Coming to America? Yeah. Weren't they? Didn't I hear that? Is Eddie Murphy going to be in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be like Eddie Murphy and all like the OG. He made you made know? that movie. Like, I mean, I, that, so is it going to be a continuation of it or a complete remake of the first one? I don't know. I think it's a, I don't know that. I didn't really Speaking of that remakes, What? The Bill oh, and Bill and Ted. Ted. The Bill and Ex Ted remake. Ex uh, I don't actually excited? know what the new one's called. I'm pretty excited. So it's apparently, it's more of a far future continuation. And apparently it's like their kids and shit. But, you know, it's all about guitar playing and metal and, yeah. you know, music. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, super, and, I'm not super stoked on it, but I'll definitely go watch it. I'm well, pretty stoked on it. So I it's been I'm an eternity since I watched Bill and Ted's. It's not like yeah, I've... So I'm you, you might have to go rewatch that one before you see the new one then, right? It may ruin it, though. Like, it may be so corny that I'm just like, nah, I don't know if I can deal with another one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's... Well, that's a, stone, that's a stoner culture movie, right? It is. And it came out later. I can't remember exactly when it came out. It's not like it was like our Karate Kid uh, passion where it's like that was a little kid when Karate Kid came out. Like, it was a different... You know, it hits you different than when I was. Well, yeah, that was like a that, look. That's a feel good movie. You know what I mean? You feel good at the end. The sun sun no. sets. You know, Daniel Russo and, and and Ali walk away. You don't. You don't feel good at the end. It was a tragic. I do. No. It was a tragic fucking ending. <laughs> no. It was a great one ending. Nineteen eighty nine, according to our producer. So yeah, that makes sense. I was, yeah, I was graduating high school. You know, that would have like that was kind of the last my last year in high school. I was a senior. Okay. Or whatever. 89, I think I was still in, uh, I just moved back from Thailand. I was, right, so. How long did you live in Thailand? Three years. Really? Yeah. I didn't you know that. Did you ever smoke Thai stick? I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I lived in Bangkok for three years, dude. Whoa. Did you smoke Thai stick? Yeah, of course I smoked. That's where I started smoking weed in Thailand. Really? Yeah. I started was it skateboarding crazy, and smoking crazy and weed. like super fucking wild sativa type shit? I can't remember. I mean, that was like, you know. That was like my first experience your getting first high. Meeting, right? Yeah, it was your yeah you know what I mean? So I just, it just, everything felt like a dream, right? Wow. It's like a dream. High school high, we call it, right? Do you ever get high school high still? Uh-huh. Do you? I haven't gotten high school high in a long time. Pretty much, uh, pretty much have to stop smoking for a little while. It's uncomfortable. I mean, no, listen, like on, on tour, we, we achieve that every, almost every night. Yeah, but I was drinking a lot on tour. Coming to yeah, America but when, too. But when we were... See? <laughs> See? Look at that, dude. So it's a continuation. There's no way it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be a continuation. It's right? not a remake. You can't just remake that shit. <laughs> it's interesting on Bill and Ted, though, right? They never showed any actual weed smoking. No. That's why it's... Sell. But it was just like, you know, you could tell the mentality was like a stoner mentality, right? I wonder if right now, though, given that weed culture is so much more acceptable, if they may address, you know, the stoner. Well, yeah, isn't, isn't Keanu a stoner? Doesn't he smoke weed? Isn't he, what is, isn't he a weed activist? The weed Matrix? activist? Or not activist, but like, you know, like a Woody Harrelson type guy, you know? I don't 
don't know. Right, there's a couple of weed actor, weed activist guys, right? Jim Belushi, Woody Harrelson. Belushi's in the industry. Woody Harrelson's yeah. been like a proponent and kind of a save the earth, you know, him yeah. save the earth sort yep. of guy for a long That's time. That's what I mean, for a long time, right? Yeah, so. Belushi's actually in the industry. Uh, Tyson's in the industry, whatever you consider. Mike Tyson? Yeah. Dude, his weed ranch in Las Vegas, he's got a whole jam. Really? You didn't know that? He doesn't talk about it on his podcast or nothing? You watch his shit? Yeah. Um, he never, never mentioned that. Oh, dude, no, I'm, I, I haven't really been watching his, his podcast. I got to start watching his again. He's a weed dude. No, no, I know. He's a weed dude. He's got fucking his goddamn podcast is, you know, called whatever, right? He's smoking weed on the thing. So it's well, he, uh, Yeah, he owns a big thing in Vegas. And I think his intent is to do what a lot of people have tried to do and make it kind of resort-esque. Well, you know? well don't, you, don't you know people? Can't you get us in there? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a little goofy. <laughs> like, I mean, unless Mike invites us, like, I don't eh. Are you really trying to go and just be a fan? Well, no, I mean, I just want to go check out his. It's going to be that awesome. Oh, really? Come on. Don't I mean, say come that. Come on. Really? You think it is? You're I don't a little know. spoiled, dude. You're kind of a connoisseur. Like, you've. I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm assuming if he has a weed ranch, it's got to be been decent catered weed. to by Slayer's Weed Tech. <clears throat> just saying. <laughs> You do have some good weed. <laughs> you're not Slayer's Weed Tech. You're my Weed Tech. No. No, it's not. <laughs> as much as you tried to take me over, it's never how it was. We were just friends. You were just sure. nice to me. Everybody else was a bunch of jerks. And Mike, and Mike just threw me to the wolves. <laughs> that was the only one that, was, that took care of you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. What Royce? I mean, Royce. What if if it was if you weren't there? What would have happened? Oh, he would have beat this shit out of you, bro. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. <laughs> Left you bleeding on the side of the road one day. I was day. thinking about Royce the other day for some reason. He popped in my head, and I was just thinking about what a dick he was. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what. Uh, you see, he's we'll all, see. he's always on my mind though. See, he made a great impression. There's other people that like I would just as soon forget about. Like it's you know, Royce. Well, we'll, see, we'll see what happens next time you're physically next to the guy, right? No, no, no. I don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna let that happen. Well, hold on. Didn't you challenge him to a fight the other day? No, I definitely didn't. No, I mean, I'm phone. sure he hits incredibly. I've seen both of you guys hit people. Like I don't want to get hit. I'm not. <laughs> I can take a punch and all. Like I, but I ain't trying to you know line up for it. That shit'll suck. I don't need a piece of any of that. I'm still a dick, though. <laughs> All right, what else, man? What else? What are you? What have you been up to? I've been. Uh, I don't. What the hell has I been doing the last two weeks? I guess fucking just uh, trying to get my shit together. They kind of dropped a bomb on the hemp CBD industry shit. That was. Oh, some, what happened there? Let's talk about that. That was some drama from this week. They. Uh, I mean, DEA doesn't actually make laws, right? So they sort of leverage. Uh, you know, where the FDA or whoever's trying to get clarification and the DEA will weigh in with their opinion. And of course, the DEA's opinion is that everything's fucking illegal and everything falls under Schedule 1 narcotics. But basically, they clarified a bunch of shit from their position that when you take 0.3% plant material, a la, you know, what's classified as hemp, and then yeah. you concentrate it and you extract all the oil and then you make isolate and just all these other things in order to make all the products that come from hemp. There's a phase in there during the processing where your THC percentage is well above 0.3. 
because you started from plant material, you've extracted all the oil and the whole concept has always been that as long as the final product is at 0.3% or less, it's still compliant because it was derived from hemp. And there's just this kind of gray area of, of in-process oil. Now they're saying that... Uh, they're saying the in-process oil is Schedule 1 marijuana. Yeah. Even though it's not like anything that's going to get you high because as you're concentrating the THC, you concentrate the CBD to where it's, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90%. So it's not, you know, it'll never get anybody high, but they consider it marijuana. So it'll shit on a lot of stuff. It has everybody freaking out. Oh, that's kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, the DEA's position is always a very conservative bullshit sure. one. The best thing that could come from it is it pushes the removal of marijuana from Schedule 1. So, you know, if that happens, that could be cool. I doubt that's going to happen. And the DEA doesn't <laughs> do that, right? Like, that's done by Congress and shit. So... It's more drama for the cannabis industry, dude. It's just yeah, that sucks. It's fucking brutal. The compliance bullshit. I mean, the hemp side of it has been nightmarish unto itself. The weed side has a completely different like suite of compliance issues, um, but they don't deal with this kind of thing at the federal level necessarily. At least not you know the same way that the hemp industry does. Not yet. That's crazy. That sucks. So then, in other words, they're just trying to um, backtrack. The the, uh, the progress that CBD has made, right? You know what I mean? They're trying to pull it back a little, that's all. Yeah, it could be throwing shit to bigger business, right? Like, and setting those organizations up. But, you know, it's not like it's going to... It's open for comment, I think, until the middle, until the middle of October. Um, you know, shit could still change a little bit. We'll see. It's fucked up, though. And it's always changing. And it sucks because, it like, unlike us, like, we've been in this for fucking ever. And you know, ran out of money early and have just been able to use our own, you know, kind of capital to stay alive. Um, a lot of guys went out and spent 10, 15, 20 million dollars on these massive processing facilities. If it really goes down like that, those dudes are fucked. Yeah, they're kind of fucked. Like that it won't sucks. be good, you know, or the DEA will make them register as a DEA licensed organization and they have to show like licenses of destruction of the THC. Who knows how it's going to fucking go, dude. It's just, it's a pain in the fucking dick. That sucks. There's yeah, nothing anyone can do about it, so. What's that? There's nothing anyone can do about it, you know? Not right now. There's, like, there, it's open for comment. Everybody will bitch for a while. And then, you know, it's ultimately up to the USDA and the FDA as to how it's handled. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it evolves. And we've like got said, uh, the weed industry sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough industry. Oh, it's the not other as easy as cool people thing. think. Check this. Uh, uh, Third Man Records is doing an auction on Wednesday. Um, Jack White's record company. Yeah, and? And that's fucking awesome. There's like, he's throwing out a couple of guitars. He's throwing out one of the, that White Stripes drum set with the, the little fucking, looks like a peppermint, you know, kick drum. Come on, dude, serious? You're not what? a Jack White fan? Uh, it's fucked no. up. That's fucked I'm, up. I'm not, I don't dislike him. I just never checked it out I, I there's a couple of cool white stripe songs you know but jack white shit's awesome every fucking morning and well listen this is a perfect this is a perfect time to find out if we ask everyone that's watching this fucking show to subscribe you, like all, and comment and see if there are any jack white fans out there that are out of all 10 right? of our viewers i guarantee we at least have one or two that would be 20 percent. that'd be 20 percent of our viewers <laughs> 10 viewers dude you're fucking being nice i think we got like five viewers though <laughs> i 
out of that five, there's probably one. one. <laughs> and that would still be a nice 20% ratio. I guarantee, dude, that guy fucking seriously wipes his ass with <clears throat> excellence every morning. Okay. Well, we'll find out. He's kind of a weirdo at shit, but still awesome. Okay. Well, send um, me, send me some, some stuff. Send me some stuff and I'll check it out. <laughs> I don't hate, right? I'm not, I'm not a closed-minded. Send me I, some I, stuff. I'll check it out. I'll, def, I'll send you some stuff that's, you know, a, some people think he's a little bit too over the top and it's kind of a played out part, you know, that he's going, but he's talented, dude. I like what he does. Okay. Well, send me some stuff. I'm Maybe gone. the next episode I'll be a um Maybe a Jack, Jack White will come on. Maybe he'll come on. He's in Nashville. Maybe uh, maybe our, our boy uh, Jack Gibson can hook us up with uh, <laughs> Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> they may Send all hang text. together. Hey, Jack, do you know Jack? <laughs> Be like, you guys are all in Nashville. It's a small community of like kick-ass rock stars, isn't it? Yeah. Y'all all hang together and like sit down and blaze and. Man, weren't you in the? Didn't you? Didn't you? Weren't you part of that interview when he told us the whole deal about that scene down there? <laughs> Yeah, it's not like that at all. No, dude, it's like it's it's how it, all the rock star shit. Everybody knows each other. Everybody hangs out together. They have tea at noon, crumpets. It's all oh, just a persona that they throw out on stage, man. And then everybody gets hey, hard. Since, hey, hold on. Since your mom right watches or calls every time we try to podcast, has she watched the podcast? I don't think so. I, maybe. I, she's only watch, she'll watch the promos probably that we throw up and we're ripping bong hits the whole time. I don't think she'd be real impressed. Like, I don't think it's a moment of pride <laughs> you for should, her. You should, uh, <laughs> you should have her watch it and like leave a comment. Like, you know, Dave, why are you smoking so much weed or something? Like get a haircut or something. Like it's something funny. a mom she, would uh, say, right? She said uh, last time she was here, she's like, it doesn't seem to affect you the same. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's because I smoke does a lot. She, does, does she smoke? <laughs> no. Does she smoke? Oh, okay. No. No, they're like East Texas. My dad's military. Like it was, it's not a thing. <laughs> In fact, it was always associated with degenerates and thirty hippies and shit. I think more than I, I sort of changed their mind about it. I, that's what I try and do, right? Like I try and represent for the stoners out there. You know, I don't know if I do a good job or not. <laughs> I'm still a dirty stoner. <laughs> but yeah. They tolerate it well. When they're here, um, I still blaze when they're here in town. Well, yeah, I know. I've been on the phone with you. I don't sit and just rip bong hits in front of them, though. I mean, I, you know, we'll go in the hey, other room and I, I have call like me a, and then rip a bong hit and then get yelled yeah. at by Beth. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, the last time that happened, dude, you had the phone, the look you gave Beth <laughs> was just like, oh, well, but, but, but Beth. <laughs> And I was like, yo, dude, I'll call you later. <laughs> Whatever. Not, not, not impressed with you. No, she frequently isn't. Well, your parents are over and you're like running off to the corner to call me and do bong hits, bro. She's I mean, I'm just trying to like have some fun, man. Just get some solace. I'm just serenity now, dude. Serenity now. She probably fucking hates me. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's times where she probably doesn't appreciate our relationship. No, absolutely not. <laughs> All the time. There's times. Did you check out the uh, Metallica drive-through shit? No. Did you Is look it into it at all? Like, I mean, I, it's at the drive-through. Like, I haven't seen it. They're actually, it's like a concert, right? Like everybody can yeah. walk to the drive-through. It's like sixty bucks 
a car or hundred bucks a car or whatever it is. But apparently, yeah, but you could like multiple people can get in the car. You know what I mean? So, and yeah, why, so like if, if, if you I pay heard, like a, I heard that like, the logic, oh, it's the 29th. I heard that the logic was you could get like six people in the car. It's like who drives cars that get six fucking people in it comfortably? I mean, besides a minivan, <laughs> it's like, right? That's stupid as shit. It's like four, four max, maybe three. And then you better hope one of those guys ain't fucking sick as balls. Cause well, well, how does that work? I guess you just tune in on your radio probably, right? To, uh, I, it's been a long to time get the, since I've To been get the audio. Have you ever been to a drive-thru? In fact, I don't know that I've ever been to a drive-thru. I kind of want to go. Drive, yeah. uh, drive in, you mean? Drive in theater. Drive oh, yeah, through. yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive through. Drive You've been through plenty of drive-thrus. I've been through drive-thrus a bunch. I can't say that I, I remember that ever being... I don't think I've been I remember I remember them being around in Queens when I was a kid, but I don't think I've ever been to one. There's one right now here in Long Island. It's the new jam, right? I guess, yeah, but especially right now, like, you know, where theaters are fucking closed, you know, so. I mean, dude, Colorado is where you get fucking, you know, AK'd if you go into a theater anyway. There's a death trap in there. <laughs> oh, easy, bro. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Depends on what movie it's playing, dude. <laughs> so the drive, the drive-in is the jam anyway, man. Like it's the only theater I would really. I mean, it seems like it would be neat. I have this mystery car that may be done someday, you know, in twenty twenty-two sometime, and that it would be perfect for a, a drive-in type car. But yeah, I think that's how it works. I don't know that there's audio, but I wonder if for no, there's got to be audio, dude. Of course, do you think do they put a? Do you think they have like actual uh, production with? Um, like sound systems and shit put up. I have no idea what the, what this experience is like. I guess you're gonna have to like just go there and, and check it out. Right? Metallica guys that do sound for them and shit. Sure, but um, are they doing I'm, sound for these things? You could ask. I don't them. know. I could. I could hit them up. Jesus, man. ask them. Say, hey, are you guys working? <laughs> I mean, it's always interesting to see what the bands and shit are doing um, during, you know, lockdown times. And well, Metallica just did that Howard Stern thing, dude. Did you watch that? They just did a, a couple songs in their rehearsal place and, you know, and, and videoed it to, to the to I the saw search, them doing Howard Master Stern of show. Puppets on Stern's show, but that was and, a year ago. And it looked like, it just looked like, um, it didn't look like they had a whole full crew there, right? You know what I mean? So. Huh. So they're doing a bunch but, of but Metallica's different. They have Zach, and Zach can take care of everything if nobody's there. I don't know who Zach is. Zach's been with the band since like. Why don't you explain to our audience? There's probably a slew of people who don't know who Zach is. Zach Harmon is Metallica's chief, like I don't know, just like backline guy or you know crew guy or whatever. He's like uh, he's their main dude, right? He's always you know there taking care of their stuff. So he's been with them since man, since Cliff Burton was in the band. You know what I mean? So. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah, see, there you go. They're, they did it out of their, their uh, rehearsal spot, right? So it didn't look like they had a full crew, you know? <clears throat> Rob had his kids in the dressing room that time when we were in there blazing. <clears throat> it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> Oops. <clears throat> I mean, I was in, <clears throat> we were in a dressing room smoking weed. Like, I mean, and then they were in there. I didn't know if we should be stashing it. Kirk lit yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> I'm sure he's talked to his kids about weed. <clears throat> yeah. 
his, well, his kid, his kid played like filled in with like corn or something, dude. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, the one of them rips, right? Does he play bass or guitar? We should get Rob on. Uh, bass. We should get Rob on, yeah? Why don't you hit him up, man? Hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> you got his number? Hit him up, dude. I didn't grab his number. We should hit Kirk. <laughs> you got his you number, got right? His... No, man. I don't no, have I his number, bro. I don't either. I don't know him like that. <laughs> I hung out with like a guy like, Jack, like I hung out with him like twice. I'm smoking that same Jack that he dug. I gave him a couple dupes of that shit. It was the best weed in the room. Just saying. <laughs> Man, I'm already high as shit. Yeah. Where's our guy? Who I don't know. On today, who you we tell me? Oh wait, I think actually our producer just shot us something and said that you need to uh, shoot him a text. I did. I just did. All right, cool. Um. You tell us who who we got on today, bro. I'm pretty excited about this guy, right? Right. So every time we've hung out with this dude, it was uh, late at night, like after the show. He would come with an assortment of dabs and variety of things for he, us to he, smoke out of. He'd also leave with an assortment of dabs and varieties, you know. Yeah, stuff, yeah. Right? Trade so, shit off. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last time I saw him, dude, he took a fucking Uber from his house to the gig during the loadout. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the show. last time. That, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. During the loadout, and then you know, waited, hung out for a little bit. We finished loading out, and uh, and we hung out for a couple hours, and he Ubered home. Right? I remember. So, like, yeah. yeah, he took off right before. That's uh, yeah, great. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, like every time I'm I'm got, in LA, uh, Steph Dog from the Deftones. That's right. That's right, dude. Steph Dog from the Deftones. Yeah. What's going on, dog? Fucking bacon. It's it's 84 degrees in my room. We don't have air conditioning here. Oh, damn. Oh. We're, a, we're, we're having that heat wave out here. Fuck. Why don't you have air conditioning? Oh, because you live in, you, yeah, where you live, you just open it's the window. Yeah, right? yeah, it's normally. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we normally have a good breeze, but there ain't yeah. no breeze right now. That sucks, man. Are you yeah, cool pumping fires and shit, Steph? Yeah, we're good on that. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to move the dab, seeing as we got Steph dog on. Yeah, there's a. They're they're not close to us, thankfully. Cool. So this this puff puffco peak was a gift from Steph. Oh, well done. Got I got the same one right here. Warren yeah. tends to Warren tends to go through them pretty quick, so that's good. No, it's good to have a friend one, that'll take care of you. Yeah, I've, I've been uh I've been cleaning this one and taking real good care of it. Let's so. see your recycler too. Got, oh shit! Look at, oh, look at that. Dichrome style. I can't remember the name of this one. I got the, uh, this. but it was one of the, I think it's the last one they, oh, the last one they put out, I think they did for the, for a Black Lives Matter one. Uh, but this one they put out at the end of last year. And, uh, I, I had, a uh, a friend of mine is a friend of the guys at Puffco and I sent him a picture of all my, I have basically every peak they made. <laughs> and, uh, I, I sent him a picture of it, you know, and they, and they, uh, they hooked me up with those guys and this is the one that they gave me. So I was going to, I was saving That's this awesome. one for to, for to use for today specifically because you guys are the ones that turned me on to this thing. Yeah. And I, and I've had that's that's why I got this thing to uh to begin with and it's been the greatest dab machine ever since. That's, That's awesome. Dab machine ever, dude. Yeah, we've given the uh 
Well, Dave, uh, Dave, do you want to tell the story behind how we, we, why we got the Puffco? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but I, I'll give the story again. Um, we were going to get banned from smoking out on the stage after the 2017 run. Uh, right. We had, we, had full, we had torches, right? Yeah, you know we had I mean? torches <laughs> and like a mothership out there and shit. And tour, so, tour manager freaked out one day, saw us on the stage just dabbing all day. He's like, you guys can't just do that up here. We're like, why not, man? We And I about? think part of the intent was because also the very first day I was out, I got Warren so high that Tom like stopped sound check and was like, yo, <laughs> what's wrong with Warren? <laughs> and, and I looked over, right? Because, I mean, it was my first day out there, like, actually hanging out with the crew, really, and getting to be there for sound check. And uh, Warren kind of looks over and sort of just cre creeps back over to stage right. And uh, Tom's like, look at him. He's fucking high-stepping across the stage. How high are you? And I was like, oh, fuck, right? So I started, like, packing shit up. So we proceeded to like smoke out the rest of the time he was out there. And the tour manager after it was over was like, yo, you guys can't do that shit again. And I think he was trying to keep us all from getting all super baked. And then that same year during the off time, uh, the Puffco peak came out. And so um, I hit him and was like, yo, if we're allowed to smoke joints, then we would at least be able to smoke these. And he had no real argument, right? The logic was sound anyway. Um, well, we got so rid of the torch. Yeah, there was no torch. It wasn't sketchy, right? Like, I mean, it was basically the equivalent of, like, smoking a joint, sort of. It just looks like a fucking bong, it's, it's, you know I mean? it's one of the most civilized bongs there is. Yeah, it could be kind of – and it, it actually allows people that don't smoke all the time, like, or take dabs. It's way less intimidating and shit. And so, anyway, we took, like, three or four of them out there on the road, and then we would break one, and we had a whole, like, six-pack of uh, – of the little atomizers and stuff so that we could go through them. And well, I think that was that the tour that, um, Steph, you actually came out right that during the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, That's when we showed it. Yeah. In 2018. Yep. 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 That was when I first met you. Sweet. Cheers, gentlemen. All right. Cheers. cheers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're all smoking on green. <laughs> green setting's the best setting. Oh, yeah, dude, that's like, I mean, that's unless you want to do a hot dab and fucking blow yourself out quick and fucking burn your lungs, you know what I mean? So, well, there, you know, we go through all, I've been through all phases of using this thing. I've, I've, I've used it on blue, I've used it on red, I've used it on white. Uh, a, friend of, a friend of ours, you know, we always kid around, we always got the white privilege when we were running on the white temp. Because the, the white, the white temperature will give you the most sm smokiest hit, you know? Yeah, we, we ran them on uh, white. And, uh, and, and if you're going to be realistic about it, you know, the, the white temperature is only 600 degrees. It's not a hot dab by any stretch, you know, but as far as the, the peak goes, it's the hottest dab that the peak will give you. Exactly. But, but you know, uh, the green, green is the best, you know, it gives, it, it gives, me a, gives me a nice milky hit and it's still all the flavors there. Do you normally smoke dabs more than anything else? Is dabs your go-to? For the better part of the past decade, dabs has been the go-to, but I have brought back flour into my world, you know, nearly 50-50 now. Really? Is there yeah. a certain time you uh, prefer flour versus dabs? Like what, or is it just a balance? Discretion, discretion, dude. I, I prefer joints, you know, in the evening, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm just, I'm usually home, so I'm, I'm not worrying about, you know, going out stanking like a big ass joint <laughs> it's true joints are stanking. and i gotta tell you that that you know that's the the very the very thing that made dabs the the official 
the source of my good times was discretion. That, that it, yes, the, the discretion. You know, there's no more that you don't come with that noisy ass weed. The weed's too loud. You can't be quiet with it anywhere. I mean, all you got to do is crack open the jar. Boom. The whole room smells <laughs> like it. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Well, Dave, uh, Steph is the one that actually taught me how to roll joints properly. Right, Steph, when you, we first met, I, I was rolling these fucking crooked-ass egg rolls, right? We called them, remember? Fucking. <laughs> 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 and finally, on, they were just like, uh, Dave Lombardo called them mummy fingers, right? Because they just looked like mummy fingers, you know what I mean? So, and then uh, we did that, that, that tour in South America, right? Where it was like- You taught him how to roll a cone then, Steph? Well, he, he just taught me how to roll properly, right? Yeah. Like, he rolls backwards. That's how he rolls, right? And that's how he taught me. You know what I mean? You you see me roll joints, Dave. So explain backwards, with the glue facing out, not glue facing in. Interesting. Yeah, because that way when when the roll's all done, all I got to do is lick the outside of the paper. I don't actually have to lick the glue. I wet the glue from the outside. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, AK uh, rolls a mean joint. Like he used to stack them for. Uh, well, he's he's European, to- dude. Yeah, you know he rolls the, so the Euro cones. Yeah, cones. yeah his bro. birthday. And that's where today. I learned. It's AK's birthday today. Is it? Yeah. Oh, really? All right. Well, happy birthday, AK, man. Yeah. He's out in Belgium birthday, fishing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was it. I actually learned. <laughs> There's that infamous cough. Hell yeah. Yeah. When we were in, we were in. Uh, I want to say we were in Amsterdam, but uh, we were going to. A, this this metal festival one year that we were headlining, one of our most disastrous shows ever. And um, on the way there, we, uh, this dude was rolling some joints, and uh, I was just watching him. But he was rolling them like everyone else would roll them. But I'm watching him, so I'm seeing it from the reverse angle, and that's how it registered in my head. And I was like, uh-huh. so when I actually started doing it, I realized that I wasn't doing it the way he was, but my way was easier. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> why yeah, was that the did, worst show yeah why was your that show oh man that, that that's one of the it's uh you know you know everyone gets their little party on throughout the day you know at the festivals you got you know depending on what time you play you might have all day to get hammered you might you might only have like a couple hours to get hammered but then you got the rest of the day to get wasted you know <laughs> uh um we we you know the the normal stuff was going on and uh and, and you then, guys were headlining uh, we are, I, I think so. I, I can't even remember. I, I, I want to say we were. And um, Mike Patton had been uh, hanging out with Chino during the afternoon and, and they were doing shots. And I say doing shots. Chino was doing shots. Patton was over the shoulder with him. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> Chino didn't notice. He was hammered, you know. And, and, and so basically, Mike Patton got Chino just hammered out of his mind. He couldn't even walk, you know. He was just, just done. Oh man, that was one of the the one of the first shows where we were like I want to say over an hour late to playing. You know, (laughs) like 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 uh, I don't know if you remember Steve Kidd, but he had to like yeah to get you all back up on his legs like he was feeding him coffee forever, pep talking them, blah blah blah. You know, get him just get get to the stage. Yeah, just get out there, dude. Oh yeah, so we finally make it out there, and uh, you know, I mean. Just the amount of stuff that went on. We, I mean, we ended up playing seven words twice. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was beyond. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any, you know, uh, uh, if anything, you know, uh, 
video of it, but there's definitely the audio of the show. And you can find that on YouTube as well. I want to call it, say it was walled rock, but right. you could just, pro you could probably just type in Deftones worst show ever. And that one. <laughs> there's always That's, a video of it, man. There's always a video just to remind you about how oh, there it was. Some a picture <laughs> recording something to remind you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there's something. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Well, congratulations yeah. on the new album, yeah. dude. You guys just dropped you. like you guys just dropped a video. Uh, yeah, just which put is out awesome. Which is awesome. Sounds heavy and fucking badass. Sounds um, like Deftones. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, so you. when does it actually drop? It'll actually by the time that this comes out, it probably it'll will, drop. Like, yeah, yeah, September like 25th, right? Yeah, I believe it's the September 25th. Yep, September 25th, called Ohms. What's the reaction mm -hmm. to the uh, the first prize records? Oh, I I think the reaction is the what you would always expect. You know, you got a lot of people excited. You always got your your typical naysayers. You know what I mean? There's there's always the mixed bunch. <laughs> and then six months from now, after it comes out, it'd be all you won't even yeah, remember the, it. They'll be aren't, like, aren't, aren't those everybody guys else is. Yeah, everybody else's new shit will have come out. You know what I mean? It'll just be another old record. All those guys talking shit are the same guys coming to the show later and fucking, you know, trying to jockey. Yeah, right? I tell people, you know, the people. I think when you know the haters, uh, people got. I, I think people know, but if they don't know, you know, haters actually like the things they hate because otherwise they can't actually hate it. It's not possible, you know. And because uh, if you actually hated it, you wouldn't give it any attention whatsoever. You just let True. it go. Yeah, yeah, it you wouldn't get I mean? attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the people that take the time to make all the comments, make the big fuss, they like it, but that's the way, that's how they express it. And, and I actually, I, I relate to them because I do the same shit. I love hating on shit at first. That's my natural response. But I don't actually hate it. I'm just having fun. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's fun to hate. Sure. But uh, it's because I know it's not real. You know what I mean? I'm just being, you know, uh, the, the, you know, uh, what do you want to play out uh, of Just flipping the script on it, if you will. Yeah. Cool. Well, when dude, did you how, guys how, record the video and stuff? Was that, that was done uh, remotely? I think, right? Or was that done? Yeah, together? we did all our parts, uh, you know, on our own with, uh, you know, camera crew and stuff like that. Yeah, I say camera crew, like you know, two people, and uh, and our lighting guy, John Eddie. That's cool. John Eddie. Yeah. John Eddie. Uh, you guys ever met Clemente? Yeah, you probably have if you've seen him. He's, he's been around. He does he does photos, videos. He does everything really. The guy. Oh yeah, I know, I, yep. I know. I know his name. I don't think I ever met him, but Clemet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Everything he does, he's yeah, he's great at everything he does. So whatever he's doing, he's great at it. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, yeah, so they they we did that, and um, looks fucking great, you know. Considering that we you know did it all you know uh, separately. Now, did you guys do the record that way, or did you guys get together and record? No, no, no. We, we did the whole record together. You know, we actually had all. We finished up the music last summer. We were we were done out of the studio in in June, and then uh, Chino was working on his lyrics over some the the rest of the summer and and throughout that you know up, through up almost to Christmas I would say at the yeah I think he was done with everything by Christmas. Do you guys oh, always yeah. do all the parts in there together, or do you guys bounce in separately and do each kind of track? Well, there's the way you should do it, and I would love to do it, but the way we do it is differently, and, and we work on all our music uh, first, which is what we've done forever, but there, it, it's become this thing where Chino doesn't do his vocals until after everything's done, 
And then, and then while, while he's doing that, he'll, the music will change too, you know, and it's like, you know, why we even waste our time doing all that that way when we could have just, you know, waited until you were going to do your vocals and then changed it. You know, so stuff like that. But I mean, it always comes out good. So it's not like I'm, uh, I'm upset with how things come out. I just, you know, it's the process. I'm like, you know, we could do it, uh, you know, in a better way where everybody's stoked, you know. And that's the way you guys have done it your whole career, though? Well, with the exception of our first record, because, you know, those were always songs where we've just been jamming all the way up until that time. But, yeah, no, after that, you know, we always work on the music. You know, we jam it all out together. You know, it's always a good time. You know, we have our beats and stuff like that. But, you know, ultimately, we get past it all and, we, and, and get it done. That's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> What? I'm fucking lit. That's what. Um, <laughs> hey guys, can you see me? I just got. I forgot to bring something. I need some uh some little glob mops for my yeah. Gear real quick. Yeah, go for it. I'll be right. Go for it. Yeah, yeah go right for it, man. Go for it. Yeah, we can clip it. Dude, look at all those pedals, Dave. I was gonna say, look at all the shit we get to go tour on. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that? Did you hear that? It was like a pop. Thought that I was on this one. It was like a pop. Something. Oh well, he's on the Bluetooth. It could be. Oh, okay, okay. Wandering around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he's still on. It was just like a Bluetooth fucking reception thing. Was like cutting in and out? <laughs> no, there was just a click. Oh, okay. It was just as it wandered out of the room. Sweet. So, uh, media-wise, they were saying like there's, and it's not like you weren't involved in the previous album, but you weren't as in as involved. And apparently, you are in this. You want to give us a uh, some skinny on that shit? I mean, you write a lot of the music and whatnot, anyway, right? Uh, you know, on the I say the last two records, I I I I, I nothing. Um, is solely mine, you know, uh, well, I mean, a couple things, but <clears throat> we all end up, uh, it's a jamming process and a lot of songs on the last record were predominantly, uh, you know, Chino and, and Sergio and even the same on this record as well too, you know, uh, I, I don't even know. It's hard. It's really hard to describe it. You know I mean? My, my style, you know, the way I play, I play, you know, all my parts on every song. You know, I come up with everything of my own, but I don't come up with all the songs <laughs> you know, on, on this, these last couple of records so much. Gotcha. Dig it. Well, and you play fucking like, eight, like, nine. It, 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 like I could say, you know, like uh, on this record specifically, Ohms is a song that I wrote. It was all me, you know, so that one's all mine. The last record, uh, there's a song called Rubicon. That, that, that's all, that's all mine, you know, for the most part. <laughs> nice. Um, but there's you, like, you know, I come up with just, you know, there's just, just there's parts. Hard to describe it. You know, I could, the, you'd have to so, get all nitpicky. You'd have to get all nitpicky on every song. And that's yeah. not really what, well, what I'm all about. You can hear like his style, right? In certain riffs, you can kind of tell like, hey, that, you know, that's a Steph riff, right? So, um, so on this record, dude, how'd you get, go about to get, get into the nine string? Cause you, you switched to the A string on, uh, on the last record, on the last two records, right? Since Diamond Eyes, I've been on the eight string. 
Yeah, that's right. And um, I was actually, ex I just explained it all to somebody in a, in one of my uh, Instagram posts, somebody asked me about that or we or brought it up. <clears throat> and I broke down the evolution of all of our tunings and stuff like that. So like Adrenaline, our first record, it's just a, a standard E440 tuning. Yep. Um, when we did Around the Fur, I, uh, I, I did a drop tune to the to C sharp. So I actually went down a half step, whole, the whole guitar went a half step, then I dropped tune to C sharp. And there are two songs that have the actual D, you know, the D sharp tuning, which is the... Um, just the half step down and um, D sharp. Well, the, well, the D sharp standard was uh, like the songs on Around the Fur were Mascara and die the flu otherwise the, the rest of the record was all dropped in c sharp c sharp and uh so i had fun with that little you know that process of the, of the you know changing the tuning you know i was like oh great cool you know we switched it up you know we we're having fun with it so when we did white pony i i did it again and i i decided to go you know just drop the whole guitar down another half step so it was now down in in c but drop tuned to c yeah was that still during that what did you go to the string? That, that, that was, yeah, that was still six string. And yep. during that, during that session, I got my first seven string and that I used uh, it at the end of RX Queen. There's like, kind of like this, like little riff fade now. And uh, I used it at the end of that. That's the only time that I had it on that, on the White Pony record. And did and you then, do yeah, that in standard tuning just with the, uh, and with a low B and, and standard tuning all the way up? On White Pony. Yeah. For, but it was, like I said, it was the ending of the song. So it was, and it was the same note, you know, it's just riding out on it. Gotcha. Nothing fancy or anything, but, you know, it just, that was the, you know, you used it for its, you know, because it had its lowest register. And ESPs and, um, this whole time? Always ESP, yeah. Always, yep. And were you just buying ESPs? Like, sorry, like, because I, I, I want you to continue on, like, it's super interesting, this whole evolution, but were you... Were you buying ESPs to start with, or were you like, did you jump right in as an endorsee on, on y'all's first album? How did that? Were you? Uh, I I got I got the endorsement uh, on our first, you know, after our first record was coming out, nice. and uh, I already had I had I traded a, a custom Jackson I had years before for my very first ESP, which was a white Mirage. It's it just I just saw recently it was on it re it may have been already bought I don't know but it is definitely for sale I seen and um and then it's just and then from the endorsement I've been blessed ESP has blessed me with guitars throughout this entire time and you know they're amazing awesome oh, yeah, all right they're, they're and uh, the best all right so then, then you so, started on the so seventh. white pony yeah white pony is when I got my first seventh I only my first seventh string I only use it at the end of RX Queen the self titled record I used it. I was seven strings there. I didn't. I didn't play. I got rid of all my six strings and only did everything on the sevens from there on in. And always uh, that tuning string through or with a hardtail or were you playing Floyd's and shit on them then? Yeah, I, I had Floyd's on Adrenaline and then from around the fur, all the way until I say uh, Diamond Eyes. There, it was just fixed bridge or yep. you know all string through bodies and stuff like that. Uh, excuse me, string through the body. Yep. And uh, I got the A string Floyd is when we went to the on the Coin of Yukon record and Gore. You know, uh, they had finally, you know, developed uh, the A string Floyd a Rose. Floyd Rose, Floyd. yep. Yeah. That, that's the one that you, that's the first one you had was that Telly looking uh, ESP, right? Yeah, I got a, I got a red and a green uh, sparkle Telly. Yeah. 
an eight string, so like a standard tuning on an eight string, does it go down to a G or does it stay on mm -hmm. fourths? Well, I mean, standard is whatever you want to define it as, really, ultimately. But, uh, you know, standard as far as what everybody gets. Factory, yeah, like say you know, E440. Like, I mean, normally it would be a drop B or a low B. And then does it then go to a low G or is it like an A? Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're still on your standard six string. It's an E. Your standard seven, it's a B. On that eight string, your standard, the standard tuning for the top string is an F sharp. Got it. Okay. What about the nine and strings? So, Interesting. So it's a four instead of a third. Oh, I wish I, I wish I was that 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 uh, all right. knowledgeable yeah, yeah. on all on all the notes. I'm getting. I'm, that's something that I am preparing to uh, move to in my in, in my in my abilities because I've ignored it forever. Time to become more familiar with the fretboard. I was in, just in thinking a, about it a, last in night in a formal manner. <clears throat> when you showed that eight and then the nine, I was like. Like I was getting high and I was like, God damn, like, so does it go down to a G? Does it go down to an F sharp? Like, and then what's the low string on the fucking nine? <laughs> Sorry. The low string. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll, we'll build. All, all right, right. All right. All so, right. Sorry. Um, Dave, let the so guy at, talk. So, yeah. Self-titled is uh, I, was, I was in G sharp and I really, it was only in G sharp because Chino was playing guitar by then and he was, he liked playing in C sharp. So his C sharp just became was, uh, you know, would have been normal for me uh, with my G sharp. That would have made my six strings in in a in a C sharp tuning. Okay, yeah. Sense. So you were tuning down a step and a half then on a on a seven string at that point. Is that right? Right. Okay. Yep, step and a half. Yeah. Yep. So that was a G sharp on 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 a self titled. When we went to do started working on Saturday Night Wrist. I had drop tuned the seventh string down to F sharp. So for Saturday Night Wrist, I had that drop tuned F sharp tuning. Damn. When we went to Diamond Eyes during that during the Saturday Night Wrist process, you know that whole period of time is when I got my first eight string, string and I got yeah. the first eight string because during that process is when Meshuga put out a, an EP called I. It's a 21 minute long song. Song. Yep. As hell. Yep. <laughs> Just love that shit. Right. Yep. And, Were they the uh, first guys dropping eight strings? Yes. They're definitely the first that I knew of. And, yes. and, and at that time, you know, for me, when I made the switch to the seven strings, I had ignored seven strings for all of its earliest days. Like, all the I mean, universe stuff you know, and all that. Yeah. But yeah, by the time I went to seven string, Korn had already gone, been like four or five albums deep. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, I, and not to mention Steve Vai a whole decade before that yeah, and everything, yeah. you know, who everyone else who had it. I really didn't pay it any attention. I was, you know, I was stoked on that standard E tuning, you know, and uh, when I, when I heard Meshuggah, you know, I didn't, I didn't even think about it at first. I just really got into them. I was like, damn, this shit is sick. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so I was addicted to them. And then when I realized they were on seven strings, I was like, oh, hell. There was, <laughs> I gotta you know, go to was, seven strings. I, I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna, I can't sound like that on a fucking six. It's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys realize I was on tour with Meshuggah when they first got their eight strings, right? It wasn't the Ibanez ones, it was the, the prototype ones from uh Sweden or you know what I mean? So right, right. It, yep, you know, that shit was crazy, man. Yeah, because the they're still Ibby guys, right? Like they're on Ibanez. The Meshuggah dudes. Yeah, they're yeah, on yeah. Ibanez. Yep, yep, yep. But go ahead, Steph. So I, I had, you know, when I was you know, I when I was hearing, you know, that I I listened to it every day. Like that was my go to jam for the like the almost the entire time we were making the Saturday Night Wrist record, right? 
And throughout that process of I was just grinding that thing into my, into my being and going and going, I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to have to put me in and get me some, an eight-string guitar. Because I said, you know, no one else is doing it but them right now. So this time I'm going to be at the front of the list. <laughs> well, and you so play I, it in a so totally went, different style, right? Like, it's not like you're just oh, you know, chugging and shit. Like, you actually apply all that stuff in a really different way. It's interesting to watch. It, if I was playing my way, it would sound more Meshuggah because I love metal more like that. What you hear me doing in the band is what I do with all my friends because they're not Meshuggah fans as much as I am. You know? Got it. They what don't want to. We're not sounding like Meshuggah. I was like, I've been, I've been, I've been dealing with it. You know, anti-sounding like Meshuggah the entire time that Meshuggah's <laughs> existing. I'm like, I'm like, you know, there's a whole world that loves to sound like Meshuggah now, right? Well, I would, I would argue you guys probably get more radio airplay not sounding like Meshuggah. <laughs> I mean, just my guess. But here's uh the thing like you could tell there's certain riffs right dog that you could tell yeah. there's the influence you know what i mean you can hear yeah, the influence sure. well yeah you bring some oh, absolutely yeah 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 you can definitely tell yeah no i gave all praise to them they're great so then so you drop tune your eight string yeah and after after the koino uh koino actually no on the koi record uh, excuse me uh back to saturday night wrist that was when i got my first eight and then we started doing, a, a, after we finished the Saturday Night Wrist record, we started working on a new record. This is before Chang had his accident. The record called Arrows. And uh, that, you know, we, again, that was a whole nother record where we finished all the music and it was in Chino's hands. And, you know, he wasn't that enthused with it and he was taking his time. And then she had his accident and that put us in our place where we were at. And then uh, that, that following year, you know, that happened in the fall of, of was it 2008? Man, so long ago, or it's amazing. Yeah, and then uh, beginning yeah, in 2009. Yep, 2000. Yep, that was really cool. That was when we started. You know, we decided, all right, we're gonna. You know, we know we're gonna keep making music, so let's just get on with it. And uh, you know, we didn't want to do it with just anybody. You know, Sergio was somebody that that we all knew collectively. You know, we had already worked with him when she had his a uh, had a staph infection on his foot, and he was out. We did it. It was when we did the uh, Black Sabbath reunion I tour. I said I was gonna say I saw you. It was uh, Sabbath, Pantera, and Deftones, and Sergio. When I saw you guys in Long Island, uh, Sergio was playing bass, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergio and, plays. And she, she did the first show of the tour. You know, we had just come back from Australia doing a, a warp tour out in Australia, and he did the first show. We were in Texas. Uh, I can't remember if it was Dallas or Houston. I want to say it was Dallas, but I could be wrong. And, um, you know, he ended up, you know, he, he, he got in a plane and bailed that night. You know, I wasn't there when it happened or whatever. I heard about it. And then we all got to this huge thing. You know, we're like, man, they're, you know, making a, oops, sorry, guys. It's all good. Made a huge, you know, a huge deal out of him, uh, you know, bailing on the tour and all that. And I was just like, well, man, he's got a staph infection. He didn't bail because he just felt like going to party. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a life or death kind of situation. And he went and took care of it. So thankfully and luckily for us, we were able to link up with Sergio because the tour was, or the next stop of the tour was in that area. And we got to hook up with him and Sergio picked up all the songs real fast. And when we played, it was, you know, it was like he was already in the band forever. So it just worked out great. You know, well, you, and, uh, you, you met him, you guys uh, toured with Quicksand back in the day too, right? That's how you met Sergio. Yeah, we actually, one of our first tours ever was, uh, 
we did the West Coast portion of the the first warp tour, and it was a week long part, for, you know, for us. And uh, you know, we got we met him up in in Vancouver, or maybe it was it was, might have been Oregon, and uh, <clears throat> just hit it off. You know, we were all just have partying, having fun, you know, good yep. time. We and we already loved Quicksand anyway. We're like, man, these guys are amazing. Yeah. So it was it was a, it was a it was a pleasure yeah. to to be together. And uh, so that's how uh, we ended up coming together for the Diamond Eyes thing. <clears throat> we did that, and when we went to go to do the next record is when I had also switched. I had first switched to using the Axe effects, which was no big deal because we were in the in the studio. It was you know we were just messing around with it in, in the studio. I didn't have real problems with it until we started playing live, and I just the way I had it set up was why I was having problems. It really wasn't you know, any issues with the, the device itself. And, um, yeah, cause you're known for having was a, a monstrous fucking pedal board, right? Traditionally. So the axe effects being able to just trigger all that off the rack would have been new shit. Well, I had everything in actually in a couple of racks. I had, I had one rack that had all my power amps in it and then another rack that had all my effects and stuff like that. And, um, it, you know, it was just really big, bulky. And, and, and what, what really made me do it cause up until that point in time, all previous tours, you know, where wherever we did like a one-off or something like that, I very rarely got to bring my rig with this because it was big and, you know, and heavy and, you know, we couldn't afford to do the shipping on it. Lots two of racks. It was two racks. Yes. Right? So. Yeah. So we would, you know, offset it by getting rental gear here and there. But every time we did it, it was a disaster because I got all kinds of different sounds and I'm not getting all that out of all this other gear, you know, and it was just a, I just, I just was like, this is just terrible. There's no more of this. I can't do these <laughs> one-off shows with whack-ass stuff. That's not going to do what I could have. I could have just brought my gear. Well, how, like, really, how much does it cost? Why is it such a big deal? You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, so eventually, I, you know, I had. It was actually during Diamond Eyes where I had rebuilt my rigs in pedal board configurations, and then I got turned on to the aspects by Drew, and the. Uh, uh, the pitch and the pitch and the physical reality of it was I was lightening the load completely, you know, by hundreds of pounds. It was going to be a great deal. I was bragging to you about it, Warren, when I first yep. got it. I was like, oh, man, yeah. got to get a carry on the X-Fix. <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, uh, and you also told me, though, remember when you said you screwed yourself with all the tunings, though, because now everywhere you go, you uh, got to bring 14 guitars no matter what. Right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, so here we are. I'm still going down the list. At this point, at this point, you know, I'm at, I'm at eight strings. Uh, then uh, when we went, like I so said, we did the Koi record, I dropped the eight string, dropped to the eight string down to, to E. And that was because at the time we had uh, done some shows and made up, met up with animals as leaders. And those dudes were in, oh, those in guys drop, are drop sick. E. Those guys are yeah, sick. They're like, you they're like, you, got, you should try it out. I was like, hell yeah, I'll try it out. I was in drop E for that record. And, uh, when we did the Gore record, I went back to the standard F sharp on the H string because of the two tunings, that was my preferred tuning. I still like playing it with the drop E, but the feel of the the F sharp chord, you know, just a stand. I like the standard tuning on the H string more than I drop tuning on the H string, but it is nice. What are you? Uh, what, what gauge string are you? I mean, you got to be heavy as balls by the time you're doing like yeah. a drop E what's, on an eight string. What? What's your? What, what's your? Uh, on the on the nine string, what's your top string? Uh, that's a good question. 
Uh, I'd have to look. Well, hang on, we haven't even gotten to the nine string yet. You play like <laughs> yeah. on the eight string. What's your lowest string when you're doing your drop? So eight, yeah, I have two different ones on my eight string. So on the standard tuning, my lowest one is a sixty-nine, and on the drop tuning, it's a seventy-six. I want to say on the nine string that my top string is an eighty. What is the what's the highest string on a that's bass? Like a, a, that's like a bass string. A, yeah, yeah. G. What's a G string, string on a bass? There's b the yeah, yeah. Uh, bass strings on 50, 70, 60, 80. So he's it's basically yeah, it's bass, strings, bass strings. Basically, <laughs> and it's cables. Those are fucking cables. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and if you played the nine string, uh, the a nine string, you that was that's my actually that was my biggest experience when I first got it. I'm playing it. You know, it's a six string guitar, fine. Seven string guitar, still there. Eight strings, like an eight string, you're already tapping into the bass world, but it's still guitar. But the nine string, once you're there, you're like, yeah, no, that's just definitely bass. We're playing bass. Don't try to, don't play a chord on the ninth string. It'll just, it won't be coherent. You won't even notice it. Well, and so I got a couple of questions real quick. The, so by the time you're getting to eight strings, do you still have all of those other guitars that you bring on tour to like, cause you're playing songs from the whole portfolio. So you have your six strings that are brought out on tour. Or do you play your six string songs on like an eight string at that point or a seven? I, I play all six strings songs on seven strings. Got it. Some um, of the, <clears throat> bringing them all out there. Yeah. Having some of your sevens tuned to where you were playing your six string songs on your sevens and shit at that point. Yeah. And, and for those guitars, the tuning, I actually have a a drone E on the on the bot or a drone string on the broad the bottom one. The highest string is doubled. So if it was an E, I had two E's. Got you know, uh, the C sharp would be two D sharp strings. That's interesting. Um, and it just and it's really just because I'm on a seven string instrument. I have it. It's just an extra string there, so the guitar plays well, out. And you do but a you lot can, of crazy open can. chords that like give you that extra chime and shit at that point, I guess, right? Yeah, and and, and you can use it to where it just, you know, it, it becomes kind of a, a 12 string effect on just that one string, you know, but I mean, I don't use it for anything like that. I've never written anything with it. Not to say that it couldn't be or you, you couldn't make something fun with it because it, it could definitely be cool. And, uh, but I did it just for the sake of the, you know, keeping seven strings on the guitar, you know, and I only did that because when I went, they're going back from the seven string guitar to the six string guitar, the six string guitar felt too dinky. I was just like, eh, kind of like a violin now. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Well, so then on this, on the, when you're getting into the eights and nines, is your string spacing a shitload closer together as well? It, like, obviously it's a fucking giant flat neck, right? Because even a seven Nine. feels like a big flat fingerboard kind of, so by the time you get to the times, how how is that shit set up? It just gets wider. You know, the net gets wider, and, and that's you know, Did, your hands aren't going to get longer. You just got to learn how to move them around. So are they squeezing a, a string bigger. spacing closer together too, just so that it doesn't turn into like, I mean, wow. No, no. So you're obviously it's, it's not wrapping been, cords with your thumb. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I've I've never. I did, there's almost hardly nothing where I would use my thumb. Uh, maybe it, only as a dampening, you know, to dampen strings, you know, uh, but not really like, you know, I'm not using it in cording. Like I do see people and know there, you know, there are, are, are you know, methods of using it, but I don't do that. 
not I mean, not as of we, yet. When you started I, maybe playing, I, maybe I'm gonna come up with something one day and it'll be in there. I'm like, I finally did it. <laughs> when you started playing shows, like with the eight string, did did you notice a difference in your hands? Like, did your hands feel different, or was it harder to, you know what I mean? Yeah, just hand position wise or anything. Yeah. I, I I think you know having you know gone all you know up you know the scale in in, in extra strength. You know, over the years, and plus I'm getting older the whole time I'm doing this. I'm not getting younger. I'm getting bigger guitars. You know, I, I've definitely had crazy, you know, weird cramps here and there where I feel like, you know, I was because I was stretching out some muscles that I never used before or whatever like that. Do you play with a relative eye so that you can keep more of a straight angle here? Because it seems like with that kind of flat fingerboard, you wouldn't really be able to do the super low shit, huh? I think that you can. I, I, I practice with it low sometimes just for the, you know, just to be a little more comfortable like that. But uh, playability is definitely, uh, I, it improves the higher up the guitar comes. You know, I could put it right here under my neck and, you know, I, the hands would be free to go the whole way. You know, I bet. I mean, because you're playing on a fucking piano board, basically. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, uh, like I said, I could not go back to my sixes comfortably from the sevens, but from sevens, from, eight back to seven is not something that bothers me because the sevens are still, you know, it's a wider neck. That's still sure. not your average. You know, I spent more years, uh, you know, at, at, by the time I went to seven on the six than I had the seven. So when I, you know, uh, when, when I went from sevens to eight, I was only on the seven string for a, for a couple years. It wasn't anything to feel weirded out about, you know, it was gotcha. all, I was already doing that. And so then when, when did the nine pop out? The nine came out. So like I said, we were doing, uh, we did the chord record. Then I dropped tune. Uh, I, I went back to F sharp during the Gore record because I, like I said, I decided that one was going to, you know, that was my more preferred tuning. And I was like, all right, I've already, like you mentioned about having to carry a bunch of guitars. I've already at this point, I had a great time doing it and it was a lot of fun, but now I have the responsibility of having carrying 12 guitars because i've now got six tunings and i need a backup for each one yeah yeah you know, yep. so, so now i got this whole fleet so i was like you know what we're not doing that no more we're not trying to make the fucking fleet keep growing that's not the goal <laughs> and uh and so we're going and i i just i had brought it up really kind of just you know talking about it you know i was mentioning that i had joked about it mostly but you know the, the you know, ESP is really supportive of me, and if they if they, say, they asked me if I really wanted to do it, they would do it. And I was like, hell yeah, I really want to do it. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> do it because I want to keep stacking up guitars here. You know what I mean? But yeah, I would love to. I would love to play a nine string and try it out. You know, and uh, so like I said, by the time I had it built, you know, and and you know, also in that process, I was having my own custom pickups built by Fishman, and um, they had cool. you know. We had, we had made my own signature pickup, but it was an eight string pickup. And it really, you know, when I was approached by them, they didn't even, they didn't make eight string pickups yet. I was actually the first one that had an eight string pickup. Nice and, trick. you know, they, are, they were already doing the seven string stuff, but they hadn't done an eight string thing yet. And um, so when I got the nine string, that kind of, that kind of caught them off guard. So, you know, my, my first eight string just has a prototype one in it that, you know, when, when I got it, like I said, I was, again, I was excited to play the nine, but we were still dealing with, you know, this, this temporary build on this one pickup. And uh, I was like, well, for the, for the first eight strings, it sounds great. But when it gets to the ninth string, auto, you know, the, the clarity is gone. I'm like, and it just sounds like bass. I feel like I'm not playing guitar anymore. I'm like, well, 
<laughs> so did Fishman hook up something for the nine too then? Yeah, so I have two nine strings. That that guitar that first that I first got that had the first set of pickups, I actually have I still have it here, but it's in a case because I'm waiting for new pickups. Um they had made me another set, you know, they uh made some improvements and the set that I have in my eight string now is that set, and that set is in a new eight string they got. Uh, so I mean, excuse me, nine string, and um, those are uh, the one of them. Like I said, still has the original prototype in it. That one needs. It's not. I'm not playing it because it doesn't. It's just yeah, no it's clarity it's on it. Yep. All right. Yeah. It's just. It's. It's not worth it. Um. Yeah. There it is. Look at that. Yeah. That's one. He's got um, in the shop, right? Like we're gonna see this thing in a fucking second. <laughs> yeah, <it's here. laughs> and um, it's so beast. I uh, uh <laughs> when I got that that guitar right there has the the new and improved set of uh, pickups in there, and uh, I used that one on the Ohms record. I, I'm not gonna say for how much of it, but it's there. That's awesome. <laughs> so wait, is that gonna and, uh, so and, 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 and are they all prototypes? What's that? Are the, the nine strings, are they all prototypes or is that going to be a new signature under your name? We never, we never had the conversation about it being a, a signature model, but you know, I mean, if that's something they want to do, you know, I'm not going to say no. I mean, cause it's not great. production, right? Like it would have to be a custom order thing right now from ESP. It's yeah. not like make a nine string. They, no, they do, they do make nine strings. They do. Uh, it's, it's. I, I don't believe anyone has a signature model, but they definitely make custom nine string guitars. Um, here it comes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Dave's so going to order, do, dude, Dave, no, Dave's going to order one for so sure. So is there, do you already have a, is there a signature eight string on, on their have, catalog? Uh, I have signature, yeah, I have signature eight string. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because and, you and, and seven my, my, Yeah. Yep. And um, so that's, uh, you know, uh, the, the nine string again, like I said, you know, I teased about it. ESP was said, if you're really down for it, I'm down, you know, they'll do it. And I said, well, I'm down for it. So we did it and I have it. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I can, I can, I don't have to carry around extra guitars with it because I can just pull out two of my eight strings. Everything I do on the eight, you know, I can do on the nine, nine yeah. with the exception of the, of the Koi record, because on the Koi record, um, there's uh with more stuff with the tram on it, you know. I didn't. You know, I had when I had the Floyd going. And, yep. You know. So did you have to redial in your your rig to the to the nine string a little? Then do you have to change your rig a little? Yeah, I get, you got to make a preset that's a little yeah. more uh you know tuned to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Drop out the low end on it because it comes naturally with more low end. You got the lower string. Yep. Um, and you do the Floyd on the eight. On the eight string, yeah. Sick. Sick. You are you willing to show us a few of these things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, let's let's do a quick yeah, tour of your little I'll, studio I'll here, man. Yeah, let me let me, let me disconnect this right here. And you're running all these live now then through the Axe Effects, or do you now do you did you switch back from uh No, he's still on Axe Effects, so here here's my rig right here. This is my rack. Can you see it? Yep. Yep. Look at that. So my primary source for my tone is the Marshall JMP one now. Yeah, I, I went back to say, is that from that's from your old rig, isn't it? That JMP. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. So that's my primary uh, source for all my tone. Uh, my power amps are the Fryet uh, LX2s. Those are prototypes right there. Um, the Axe Effects. I am using it for 
uh, specifically four songs. I do not use it for anything else right now except for four songs. And that was okay. because on the Koi record, you know, I used four of the factory presets from the Actifex one. We did that record. So I'm married to it for those factory presets. Um, there will be more tone. You know, I will build some presets where I will use it to get some tone from it. It's not, I am not anti it, but I have gone back to the JMP one because it's what I'm most familiar with. It just sounds, you know, great. I don't even trip on it. These are the guitars. Those two red, the red and the green telly. Yeah, I remember those. <clears throat> oh, that's cool. And those Master are sevens Freud. or eights? Those are eights. Yeah, those are eights. Yeah, those are eights. Well, and that's the titanium uh, saddles and shit from uh, FU, right? Yep. Sick. Yeah. And, yeah. and they both got the, they both got them. This one's got them too. You can't. Do most of your guitars have to end the FU tone uh, upgrades? Just uh, four of my eight strings. Okay. I have a another like a metallic blue and uh, and like a kind of a magenta color one. Do they have the big brass box in those things too? Um, yeah. Beast. Let me bring it over here. I'm going to set this thing down. Yeah, I got the video pinned, Warren, so he's all big. Okay, cool, cool. Look at that. Jesus Christ, the fucking width of that board is nuts. <laughs> Look at that thing, dude. Wow. Yeah. I don't even think my hand's big enough to like, you know, grip that <laughs> thing, right? So monster. <laughs> Is that your signature that's that's you put a, at the end of it? Yeah. That that's thing, fucking cool. <laughs> that's yeah. great, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know that they'll sell them if they make a few. So do you, is that done with the U.S. custom shop or is that out of Japan? That's out of Japan. Badass. All my guitar, all my ESP guitars are from Japanese custom shop. And that's, that's as of now, I, I, do, I do want to and will get some of the USA ones. I actually just met those guys just uh, the end of last year. And then before, you know, uh, we got to do anything, our, our beautiful reality that we're in right now kicked in. <laughs> Got it. Man. Yeah, they seem legit, right? Like they don't do as much just complete custom stuff, it seems like, as the Japanese shop does. Um, like at least for regular customers anyway. It's like you have a selection of certain models and they'll tweak those and but they seem to be doing more and more. So I guess they're doing all right. Yeah, that the US shop is 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 grinding out some some nice stuff out there, man. So they're doing sick ass shit. Like I, I, you know, all the stuff I see on on Instagram always looks cool. I'm like, that's another sick ass guitar. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't. They're not do. They're not doing eight strings or above yet. So it's seven, sevens and six strings. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure that's like a that's like a whole nother factory unit that they have to purchase to do. So did you save most of your components from your old rig then, from your your Marshall rig or whatever? Yeah. So my original setups. Um, I the had JMP one, the Marshall Power Amp, right? Remember how how I had everything in the in my two fourteen space racks? That in it, that eventually turned into floorboard systems. You know, Bradshaw ended up yep. uh, designing a, a new setup that he could put its switching system on the pedal board. So I had built three systems like that. I had took my two rigs, 
and then added another rig and uh, had uh, <clears throat> everything on the board. I had one pedal board that had my switching system and all my pedals, and then a, a three space rack, or let's say I had a, a, a two space rack with my Marshall and my Rocktron unit because, again, the, I, I carry, I used the Rocktron and Telefex, uh, uh, another unit from the 90s. and. I used that specifically because all the effects I used on White Pony are in that device. So I'm married to that, that rack to that unit. Yep. I, I got to carry it with me. No, no way around it. Uh, luckily for it, I, 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 I have the Marshall JMP1, which I'm not married to, but I'm in love with because that's what I always used and it's always been great. Sure. And, uh, you know, Tone, I think you can get away with doing whatever you want, but that's the one I'm going to stick with for now. Uh, for as far as my working rigs going with everything we do. Yeah. Otherwise, I got tons of amps that I love. You know, I'm really into all kinds of amps now. You know, I've, you know, the whole part, you know, started using different heads and stuff like that over the last, you know, year, just, I mean, a few years, just messing with different sounds. They're incredible, but just bulky. I mean, that's the problem with gear. It's too bulky. Super yeah, well, and yeah, and sensitive and shit too, right? But like, yeah, you have yeah. an insane amp rig right there. If you don't show it, it was a lot of Bogner stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right here. I got it all. Oh, here, hang on. I got to pin this shit. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. There we got the Ecstasy. Got the uh, Ubershaw and the Ubershaw Twin Jet. And then over here I have one. This is one of my original 800s right there. Oh yeah, that's that amp probably got to sound great, huh? That's probably is that the one you used on the first record and stuff? Yeah, I used that on the first record. One of yeah. them. I had two of them, and uh, I got the orange dual dark, and then I got a custom built uh, Rivera called. Oh, yeah, uh, we call it we call it priceless because <laughs> there's there's no there's it's the only one of a kind. It's just it's one channel, you know the full out high gain you know it thing thing just shreds all by itself yeah they make they make good amps over there man so oh yeah rivera's fucking shit is sick that's yeah. a cool shit setup sick. what are you well, running have... that through for speakers then like on that because the the cabinet or the head rack is very sexy oh that's cool I'm, look at that i run into that to that cabinet through <clears throat> one of the this, rivera uh, mini rock wrecks okay I see they're like load before. boxes so i can kill the cabinet if i want you know i'm going i use it so i can uh, get the heads di into the computer um, oh, that's but that's cool. the cab on, that's the cab i use right there and then how do you switch between the heads i switch between all the heads right there with the ampete uh switching oh, system the 88s and what i have here is uh the ability to go between 16 different amps and 16 different cabs, but wow. I don't have room for 16 cabs. We're not bothering <laughs> with that. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> That's fucking uh, And then I have also this. I have this thing up here, the Two Notes uh, Torpedo <laughs> Studio. And that's essentially the same thing as the Rivera, only that's uh, way more customizable. I mean, it's I got like 50, 50 factory presets in it that I can fully customize. I can load in, you know, and that's uh, with all the IRs, the... Uh, impulse response uh you know their cab sims there's like 50 of those that already come with it inside of it plus you can load in all kinds of third party stuff to it and really go to town which is what i will be doing actually in the not too distant future here nice. but yeah the amp heat that's that's the switching system for all the amps which allows me to go through all you know all these 
That's I got my little pop car, nice. my little mini girl over there. Did uh, so is that is this where you do most of your writing then? Yeah, this is this is my my personal home studio. Nice. The Kemper's cool. Yeah, the Kemper's cool. All, all, all the Sesh Essentials right here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, speaking of, let's uh, let's get a little Sesh going on here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, here and in my room right here, here, here's a current temperature readout and humidity status of my room. Perfect. Oof. That's nice. That, that, <laughs> hot as shit in there. You don't have to worry about normally. Dog, so dog, remember that time uh where was that? At at Eagles oh, Ball. What's that? So like this is all for your studio shit. What yeah. are you feeding into for oh, digital audio workstation stuff? Uh I'm running Pro Tools. Sweet. That's the switcher, the remote for yeah. the amps. I see oh, those. Man. Those are dope. It's Finish a cool G-Amp model remote. module. I, I currently have the uh, Sedano SLO module in there. The Sedano amps are pretty fucking sick. And, yeah. and so that's like just directly into the computer? It's like a little mini? Yeah, this is... Preamp I got, I got the... Uh, the uh, universal audio, the uh, twin, Apollo twin. I have that. And then I have the uh, Apollo 8P down here. So I got, I have 10 channels of, you know, 10 inputs down here. I can use more than enough for, for at home. I'm never going to do more than one track live by myself anyway. I mean, sweet God, it's a fucking beautiful rig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So how, how long did you, uh, did you do that yourself? You set that up yourself? Uh, a lot of it I had set up myself. The, all the amp racks Drew built for me. He wired in all the heads and everything, and uh, you know built all the cables and made all that niceness. We actually, I actually have some uh, new cables that I actually want to redo all the heads with. I haven't redone yet. I got the cable to do it. It's from a, I got the cables and all the connectors from a company called Three Monkeys. Are you familiar with them? No, I, n I never heard of them. I got to check that out. Three Monkeys. You got to peep them out. They make a solderless cable. All you do is cut the cable. This the same cable that you would make power cables with and audio cables with, it's the same cable. You just make a little splice in the, in the, in the, the, uh, I don't know. I can't blow them. I'm, I'm shorting out on, on, the, shield on the shielding. Correct. Thank you. Uh, just a little cut in the shielding and, uh, and then you twisted it. You just simply twist the uh, connector onto the cable and that's it. it nice. The cable's done. No solder. How does that oh, work? That's gotta be nice. Did Dario planet of it. I, fucking magic? I, I'm not even trying. <laughs> wave does that. To figure out how it works. I just know it works, and I'm stoked. <laughs> That's cool as shit. <laughs> it's like someone else was the someone else was the genius. I'm just loving the result. It's like twist and squeeze, and magic happens here. <laughs> Literally, it's genius. Uh, like I said, I said uh, I can't. I'm in love with it. I, I got it. I want to build. I want to rebuild everything of mine with that stuff. That's super fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> the less soldering, the better. I'm not a fucking soldering jam. <laughs> I've got. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to put together a pedal board here coming up pretty soon, and. Uh, um, wow. As much of the, I'll, I'll be able to do the, the almost the entire majority of the board, without having to solder. But I got there's at least, I got at least six cables. I'm going to have to solder. There's no way around it. And that's uh, because I'm using uh, a couple insert cables, some you know some TRS cables. And, and the only reason there's going to be any solder in that is I don't want to be all janky about it and just wrap up the excess and tuck it under some shit. I want to cut it to length 
So it's all, you know, no excess shit on there. Oh, once you take your dab too, show us that pedal board. That was a beautiful fucking board. The way that you had oh, all yeah. that shit routed in into the little fucking patch bay. It's gorgeous. It's impressive. Yeah. That's a uh, Bob Bradshaw built this rig in here. And and three others exactly like it. And you used to carry that board. Did you still carry that board out on the road or no? Not anymore? I've been using this rig since the uh, end of 2017. So 2017 through the end of 2018 is when I was using it. 2016, we were building them. I was, I was building and, excuse me, reprogramming all, all my presets into it over, over that one year. And a guy who was, you know, I mean, literally like cramming on it until the literally the days before we did like our first festival, the Dia uh, de los Deftones festival that we do. We, we did two of them so far. This year would be our third, but the old Rona blown that out. <laughs> Are y'all planning to do it next year? You know, uh, whenever, whenever life is good and, 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 and we can make it a great thing for everybody. I don't want to do it for the sake of doing it and, 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 and people will be out there and, and then not be the great experience it should be, you know. What's the plans for promotion? Uh, you guys are dropping here at the end of the month, at the end of next month, right? Yeah. Uh, what's the plans for promotion as you guys, as that shit launches? I mean, it all just going to be radio, internet, you know, print, you know, I mean, we're not doing any shows or any in-person anything. All right. I mean, the, the uh, no virtual stuff or like, you know, kind of jam sort of shit or whatever. Oh, be, well, yeah, what are we doing? We're going to be doing something on, on the interwebs. There's no way around it at this point, you know, uh, kind of where we're all at. Did you see the Metallica trapped fucking drive-in? Digital tubes. <laughs> Did you see the Metallica drive-in shit? You guys monitor uh, that? I, I I didn't I did not see I knew I knew of it happened I did not see it though. No, it's like the end of the month. <laughs> or something. Like I, I haven't heard a lot they about it. Have, they, it's still coming up. I think so, right? I our producer August August twenty ninth. Yeah, this next weekend, right? After, yeah, yeah. So next Saturday. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm a fan of them. I'm not a fan of all this whack ass shit people are doing to go through all this shit. Yeah, it'll be like just have the just off. have the concert and have people there. Stop, you know they're. You ain't got nothing to fear. Imagine a disease so deadly that you got to take a test to even know you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to see. And, and, and then, worst of all, you find out you got it, and it's got a 99% chance of survival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and li life has changed accordingly. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I, the mind is blown. That's all I can say. I did, you know... Uh, uh, without going into all that craziness and getting caught up in that hoopla, the, my, my mind has been blown. I, I did not think we we would come to this kind of reality, but wow, here we are. It's nuts. Kind of fuck, <laughs> Bonkers. That's it. I mean, that's literal. I mean, that's literal. It's nuts. It's nothing about <laughs> it that makes makes sense. The human population right now is in a state of cognitive dissonance, and it just until people wake up to actuality. We're going to be stuck in this crazy fake reality for who knows how long. <laughs> it's bonkers. <laughs> bonkers. Show me that. So bonkers. actually, I, before, uh, well, I, I still want to see the rig because I, because I asked, because the pedal board. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just saying this, this. No, no, I know. But it, it pacifies my OCD like in a crazy way. But the, uh, 
but I also want to ask like how you even like, cause you were saying you're going to start studying more theory or you at least intend to and stuff. I want to hear like kind of how you even got into playing and um, you know, where, where you started in your music career and all that sort of shit. Like early on, we, we sort of dove right into current affairs. And, yeah. and this has been the like coolest guitar geek episode, I think yet. <laughs> Yo, we, <laughs> well, we just lost your video. <laughs> there he goes. Here, I'm going to pin you again, too. Now I'm back. Can you see me? Yep. Here's that boy. Look at that man. Look at how pretty. Oh. Those mini ones are awesome, those mini pedals. Dude, all that Strymon shit is yeah. fucking badass, too. They do so much crap. It's like, I mean, literally a mind fuck to learn how to use those pedals. I heard this term for the the use of all of them in you know in combination. There was a name for it. Somebody had a term for them all being used. Because the Mobius, the Mobius, the Mobius, I'm not familiar with. That's another Strymon, but what is it? It's just like all your modulation, and, you know, kind of like, like flangers, uh, gotcha. chorus, phasers, tremolos, vibratos, and stuff like that. That's so cool. This is a, it's, it's all your delays. Delays you know, and it acts as delay. a uh, looper and shit too, right? Right. And then uh, Big Sky is all the reverbs, you know, all the, all your super washed out reverb sounds and all that stuff. It's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. So do you remember all these this. settings on your own? Or you got them written down? Them. Yeah, or you got them written down, yeah. right? Holy fuck. That's a lot of shit, man. That's, yeah. yeah no, most of it, you know. I take pictures of all of these, you know, keep them all. That way you just got a simple snapshot of them, you know. Yeah. But when it comes to all these, you know, like this is the 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 Eventide H9. I have that backed up on my iPad. So if this thing crashes, I could just reload it back into it. And that's like a all harmonizer thing or what does the Eventide do? Eventide's multi-effects, you know, every it's, it's all of this in one little box, you know, their version of all of that. <clears throat> And if these, you know, all these things right here, only thing I've done to any of these to personalize them is, um, uh, you know, like mix levels, you know, you know, yep. you know, dry to wet, you know, kind of levels, yeah. yep. and, uh, and 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 maybe a few like uh, expression things where you you know you got them, you know, different parameters assigned to a yeah to an expression pedal. Otherwise, they're all, it's all factory because that way, if anything crashes on them and dies, no big deal. We just turn it back on. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I can, I can, you know, the little there's adjustments. There's so many made fucking sounds in them anyway, right? Like there's all the presets. It's like those things are deep. Yeah. Well, dude, and then again, talk. here's, I used, uh, like I said, I used these, oh, rock, these uh, Rivera yeah. mini rock wrecks in uh, all my rigs. So I could literally go do a gig with this whole rig right here. And have no cabinets because I got these bad boys and I can just go DI yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Dog, you remember uh, what was it in uh, Eagles Ballroom when your Did old you rig crashed? that with that with that pedal board right yep. there on the left on the other side of the chair. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, this is a this is the the board that controls the whole that whole rack. Sick. And the expression pedals control different things depending on what you have punched on the left. Left one, uh, far left is is an expression pedal. The middle one is just a master volume, so the output of my rig goes to that, and or I should say, is controlling uh, a MIDI EQ, so I control the volume in that. And the very one on the right is act is the very first 
uh, in my guitar signal, that's uh, the actual guitar volume. Wow. So it's like the knob on the guitar, but on, you know, on that volume pedal. And then what do you use for a gate? I use, uh, I use these little Pigtronic ones right here. The little gatekeepers, the oh, mini. Oh, look at that. Sweet. That one, that, that's the one I use. That gate is, is, is for spe specifically for the guitar. The you know, guitar comes right into that bad boy. And then this one is right after the, I have this one right after the Marshall. Okay. okay. So that's sense. just after preamp. <clears throat> yeah. The, out of the JMP one, I would go into this to control, you know, the output of the Marshall, you know, to, to clamp that thing down. This is where it will go into here and I will get, this is where I'm controlling my master volume for the whole rig through this EQ pedal right here, which I actually are going to replace with this one. It's their newest one. Just haven't put it in yet. I keep it right here. So that as a reminder, plug me in. And are you in a Dorsey of all those different companies that, or is it all just stuff that you dig easy? <laughs> I mean, or both, obviously. <clears throat> I'm assuming if you're an endorsee. Uh, you I'm in Dunlop and, Endorsey of Dunlop, um, I would say unofficial with, but even type, but I have a, you know, I have a, a, an agreement with them, you know, they, they give me an artist deal on stuff if I want to get stuff. Um, no deal with Strymon, bought all Strymons. I actually have one, two, three, five, six. I have seven sets of these pedals right here. Sweet yeah. fucking Christ, man. Those things are expensive as balls too. <laughs> yeah, so. So you awesome. figure there's probably what, about like eleven hundred dollars probably for all these three right here, uh, around there. So I mean, yeah, so that's what, that, that's a wholesale deal. If you buy those fuckers yeah, on I'm Amazon, about, I'm pretty sure that timeline's a five hundred and six hundred dollar pedal. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm buying all these at consumer prices. You know, I'm a consumer, so I got about <laughs> ten grand into the Strymon. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, anyone from the, if anyone from that company's watching yo hook, hook my boy up man what's going on uh all zvex stuff I, I i have bought in, in my days i have i have five sets of these three pedals right here plus many others and our um, buddy at, at, at I, fu tone uh he hooks you up i'm assuming right that dude's cool yeah we gotta deal with him you know, yeah with yeah he i get a promotes the shit out of the artist I get, and stuff too I get artist deals on, on TC gear. So I have their, these units here. Plus I use the tuners. Um, I've gotten the, uh, their, their, the, the studio program for the 2290 and stuff like that. That's badass. So fucking. Cool. I have a, a, I have a, I have a deal with Fryette as well. So I, I, and I have the, I have a full set of, of cabinets, uh, the Sound City cabinets. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're yeah. really nice. Yeah, they have nice. a, they're 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 slightly open back. Or I should say they have they have ports. They're not open back, but they do have uh, ports in the back. Fryat makes some good stuff, so for sure. Oh, solid shit, solid. And then I have my all my artists. Uh, I, I'm gonna endorse with Orange still. You know, yeah, so orange, I hear orange. Otherwise, <laughs> orange and, makes some good uh, stuff too. Orange, and is orange that what you play uh, live as far as cabinets is the orange stuff yeah my cabinets all my live cabinets are orange um i don't have any i don't use any amps uh on on anything but that's not that i don't i do use their amps i will be using it more on on like solo stuff you know i'll be doing like a you know just a lot of original music of my own you know coming up soon you know it's like again 
we're stuck here at home nowadays. You know what I mean? I'm going to be on the internet because I'm not touring anywhere. So, you know, I, I'm still a musician. I still love doing music, but I'm going to be doing it on the internet now. Oh, that's cool. It'd be great because now, now it'll be, you know, more direct, straight from me. You won't hear, you know, it won't be, they'll be unfiltered. <laughs> and then are you laying your own drum tracks and all that shit then? Or do you have somebody that's, that's playing percussion? Oh, it's going to all be for the most part programmed, but I, 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 do, I do intend to do live drums on it myself as well with others, as, you know, also. Oh, that's you cool. play, you play drums too, right? You play little drums, don't you? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Neil Peart or anything like that, but <laughs> I can play my beats. <laughs> I can do some, some simple, simple fills, you know, I can keep it simple. So how did you get started? Like, you take us back a little bit into where you got started playing music. Oh, man. It officially started when I got uh, hit by a car. And a friend of mine loaned me one of his guitars. And uh, I tell the story like I, I actually had this dream one night. And uh, it was the the rat round and round video. And uh, there was a, the, a, a moment where... The, the like for some reason there's a the, a, a segment of video I, I i have to watch the video again to see if it actually happened but i have this vision of of what i saw and i remember seeing the power cord you know just a simple power cord and uh when i i, I for whatever reason it came to me one day after i saw it and i was playing it on i was like holy shit i can play that sounds like everything i know so i played <laughs> power chords and learned how to palm you and that was my guitar the, uh, skills never advanced past playing power chords and palm muting. I was like, this is it. That's all you need. <laughs> so you played no music before that? How old were you then? 16. 16. So yeah. it's late uh, for some considered. Like, I mean, at that point, you're in high school. Like, you're listening to metal and rock and roll. and Yeah, yeah for sure. All metal and, and, and everything, you know, rap and stuff like that. Uh, I, I've, I've always filled pretty 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 balanced when it came to to music and and having a pretty diverse uh catalog to to draw upon and that was all in sacramento when did you move down to la i moved down here in uh december of 99 so <laughs> essentially the beginning of 2000 it was when we were working on the white pony record it was it was you know, really convenient because we were going to already be working here. So I knew I had time to settle in while we were working. But then right after that, back on the road. Yeah. So you were 16 when you started, started banging out power chords. Do you ever take lessons yeah. or study anything formally? I took one lesson and it was to try to learn one song, which I don't ever recall ever learning. <laughs> what song? What song? What song? I, I don't even remember now. That's, that's the, the beauty of it. It was a moment in time that just went in time. <laughs> so other than that, you were just picking up like other people's, like just learning songs you dug and like banging out power chords. When did you start? When did the band start? When did you start playing with bands? We started, I was always jamming with friends, you know, that here and there and stuff like that. But we didn't officially become a band till 88, you know, uh, Chino had introduced me to Abe and Abe and I started jamming and uh, we started talking about making a band and we had another friend of ours uh, that they went to school with also. This is when they were still in high school and I had just graduated. <laughs> and then our other friend, you know, that, that Abe had mentioned hooked up and I had actually met years before skating past his house one day and uh, 
I didn't know that when I met him initially, he was not a bass player. He was a drummer. So I was like, I was shocked and surprised. But when we jammed, he's, you know, he's an incredible bass player. Like he's just one of those musical dudes that are just talented at everything. His name's Dominic. Cool dude. And, um, so we, you know, we hooked up and after we started to have a cup, we had a couple jams. I was like, well, man, if we had a singer, we'd actually be a full band, you know? And I was like, well, Chino always would come over to the house when we had jams in the garage with all the homies. Cause you know, we just were having little jam sessions, you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, so, you know, and every time he got on the mic, he would, you know, do Danzig songs and he would sound just like Danzig. I was like, man, this kid sounds just like Danzig. That's the shit. <laughs> and, uh, so I was just like, you know, hit him up and see if he wants to do it, you know, and, uh, you know, they hit him up and he, they, Chino said he was down. So we started, you know, hooking up and, and making songs and that was it. You know, we kind of just kept going from there. Wow. So it was always kind of the same crew. It's not like you bounced around, yeah. you know, a dozen different bands or anything before you guys all got together. Okay. So, yeah, well, we did that set up. So about six months into that. Abe got an offer to to play drums in an, in another friend of ours band. Uh, their drummer, I don't know what what reason they. I think he just got a job and he couldn't commit to it as much. Really, I think is what happened. And uh, so Abe started playing with them, which and they were like a band in town, and they were you know they had a nice little popular following at that point in time. So it was kind of you know Abe got to jump into a a. a a more known local band. So he was stoked. And plus, I mean, we all like, we all like those dudes anyway. I mean, uh, a band called Fallacy. And uh, so we were like, all right. So when he went to go play drums with Fallacy, Dominic was our bass player. I was already familiar with as a drummer. So he became our drummer. And that's when we got Chi in the band. Chi, yep. That's when Chi joined the band. All right. Yeah. So, well, uh, you know, we were doing that for a while. And then at some point in time, uh, I want to say about a year, for about a year and a half, we did that. And then Dominic got an offer and an opportunity to play bass in Fallacy, where Abe had already went. So again, we were like, you know, bummer, but we also ha we had met this other guy, this dude, uh, his name was John Taylor. He was a rad ass drummer too. I was like, well, that's great. You know, you know, Dominic can go be in Fallacy. He's not missing out on anything because he's already going to be in a group. And we'll get John to fill in for Dominic, you know. And each time we actually had a, a, a change, Abe would always fill in because we at least always probably had a show or two still booked. So I was like, well, we need someone to do the shows, you know what I mean? So Abe would sit in and we, you know, do those. We'd be able to do the shows that we'd have booked. And then, you know, he'd go back to, you know, being Phallus. He was always, you know, still that became his main band. Yeah. And, uh, so then we did, you know, another like year and a half, two years with, with John and a, another great period of time. But then, you know, we just started falling out with, you know, the, the you know, at you know, the end of days with, with John, you know, because we just felt like musically we wanted to do something different. And, uh, you know, we liked, you know, we liked being with John. We had many great times. And uh, again, we have started doing tryouts. And uh, I can't remember the, uh, this one dude we jammed with. He was from up in the foothills somewhere, uh, I want to say it was Auburn or something. Same dude was rad. We had, you know, I, uh, damn, I can't remember his name. Well, anyway, during that time, again, like, a, like all previous other times, Abe would be sitting in because we still had some shows booked, you know, and at that time, we had already started building our audience too. We'd been playing 
you know, from, you know, uh, you know, outside of Sacramento from like Tahoe, you know, like the, like Tahoe Reno area to the Bay area. So we're going back and back and forth across central up to like Chico. And we'd been down to LA like once. And, uh, I, I, did we go down there? We were about, we were starting to go South, you know, I think we might not have played LA yet, but we were about to. And, uh, Still so Abe down, was filling huh? in, you know, yeah, Abe was filling in again, you know, and, uh, and we started, you know, as we were going through this process and this time around, I told, you know, you know, uh, we had, we actually had a manager at that time and, uh, he went and had a little sit down. Dave went and had a little sit down with Abe, you know, took him to the line, went and got him some, you know, some coffee and some, you know, had a formal little chat with him, whatever. And I told him, to, you know, I was like, you know, like, let's do this. We're like, we're actually going somewhere. We're going to get this done. You know, we're going to, we're going to go make a record and do something. You know what I mean? I don't know what your guys' plans are, but we're going to keep doing this. So come do this with us. We've been doing it forever. We would love you to be with us. It just makes sense to us. And uh, so he said yes, and Abe's been with us, you know, 100% since then, which he still does fallacy to this day. So whenever they do something, they all get together and they go have a great time. You know, it's all the, it's all the homies. It's all nothing but love. Sure. And uh, but it's it's a crazy, you know. I mean, we had you know we had our manager like wooing Abe back to the band, you know. And, but that was his thing. That was what he wanted to do. We were just like you know, just tell him. We'll, we'll tell him. You know what I mean? He's the homie. We tell you know. Come on, just do this. <laughs> well, and your cousin's Chuck, right? Like, so Chuck Billy from Testament. So he was already out and playing. So music was kind of in your family a bit, even before you started playing. For sure. You know, I mean, I didn't know it, but I mean, I, I was discovering it as I was going. And I was already a fan of Testament at that time. You know, I was, you know, listening to Testament before we started as a band, you know what I mean? So that, that music was, our, Chuck's music was already, you know, one of my favorites at that time you know the whole the whole thrash scene you know that shit was was the shit it's awesome it's cool man like especially like even you know people spend all this time getting technical prowess and being able to shred and all that stuff and m most of the players that you know we talk to and that you know are in Dorsey's and playing for you know thousands and thousands of people every night it's not really all about that at all it's about writing kick-ass riffs and making great fucking songs and, you know, enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Making songs. And, and, and for us, you know, our songs really are the side effect of us, you know, the, are, are the outcome of, uh, of all of our friendships. You know, we our you know, our like our time we spend hanging out and having fun, you know, that's us. And the music, the music is simply a result of that time of us, you know, all hanging, hanging out. out, doing what we like. Yeah. People ask, you know, what was behind that? I'm like, I don't know. It's a snapshot of that time. We were just in it and having fun. Yeah, just having you know, fun for, for that period of time, that's, those are the, the, the tunes that we made that we thought sounded good. You know, we could have spent more time being critical if you want. We could have spent more time trying to make it more complicated if you want. But, you know, that's what we, that was our choices right there. That's what made us all feel great for that period of time. That's what, that's what you know, we felt like then. Do we feel like that now? Sometimes, sure. You know, you feelings you you have all feelings. There's no feelings that you're not having. Everybody's going through all the emotions all the time, just all at different intervals. That's all it is. Or, which would really, which would which 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 would bring me to saying this: 
I know you guys have been talking about the Cobra Kai. Like I said, I've been following the you know the first few episodes. So I I I crunched them last night. I watched all the seasons. Oh, one. nice! What and, really? And, and, wow! All right. And I'm, th- and I'm three three episodes into two. They don't have anything beyond season two, right? It's about no, to yes. drop. Well, That's the thing. Is, so yeah, season okay, three. So the big, big controversy thing, yep. is like who was going right, to right. season three and four and all that shit. So it's all Netflix. Yeah. Now. So I haven't I I haven't finished. I'm um, three. I'm at episode three in season two. And uh, you're deep. I, I, I want to tell you, it took me eight episodes before I realized it was actually Ralph Macchio. <laughs> I knew that I knew I knew the other homeboy was, uh, you know, I knew Johnny was Johnny. You know what I, mean? yeah, yeah, I, thought yeah. they, I thought they were writing the whole thing around him. And they had this fake Ralph Macchio lookalike dude in the movie. You know, <laughs> That's the fucking really good, dude. And then I finally saw the credits at the beginning because I was I wasn't paying attention to. Him. I was like Ralph Macchio. I was like, "That's fucking Ralph Macchio." It's like, holy shit. <laughs> Well, yeah, they, they, I think that they tried to get all like you know, if you watch, you watch it, they, it's all original guys, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna spoil season two for you because it gets deep, dude. It gets like it goes back I'll in time. I'll tell you, you what. I, mean? so, I tell you what. When the old coach showed up, I just laughed. I was like, "Come on, this clown." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets deep. The mom's there though, too, right? Like it's all the original I, folks. I, I don't, I don't know where the seat, you know, where they're going to end it all, but I, I'll tell you where it's going to end. It's going to end up where Johnny and Danny are best bros. They're going to merge their dojos because they're, as as season one already said, same, same shit, different people, same shit. You know what I mean? And both, you know, both lessons are absolute. You know what I mean? Both balance matters, but also True. offense matters. If you're yeah, going to fight, yeah. don't, don't, don't. Don't fight to just be on defense. You need to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, if you're gonna fight, you gotta win. Like if you're getting into it, yeah, you, you fight you, to win. Yeah, you gotta hit hard. Strike fast, strike yeah. hard. No mercy. That's right. Yeah, yeah Cobra Kai yeah. never dies. Yeah, Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai's message is real, but so is Miyagi. True, it's true. Yeah, That's exactly. the problem. Miyagi-Do that was the problem with the original fucking uh, uh, Sifu or what's uh, God damn it. What the hell they call him? I'm way too baked. Uh, the original instructor guy, the old, the the bad guy. What do they fucking call the instructors? Crease. In yeah, crease. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sensei. Yeah, yeah. The bad sensei and shit. Like you're right. They we're should. gonna we're gonna find out that he was a nerd just like like Johnny was, and it's gonna be the same story, but another older generation. You're gonna you're gonna find out somewhere down the road. They're gonna show him when he was a kid getting picked on, and that's why know. he turned it to strike fast, strike for no mercy. Yeah, see, Perhaps, that's right. the thing. Sensei Kreese, he had that no military background too. He, he has no balance in his approach, right? Like he just needed more no. balance. It's the right approach. He just needed more balance. Let, but I don't think so. Happens. I think I think what he did is he, when he was young, he killed puppies and like watched animals <laughs> die. <laughs> Maybe it's possible. I think he's a bastard. And you're right. Like if it was if well, it was proper, he's a milita- they, well, hold on. He's got a military together, background. They would compete against Crease to go crush him, but I don't know if that's what how it's gonna go he's down. Got, listen, he's got a military background. He probably got fucked up in Vietnam, right? So that's probably what happened. So then, given that, because this perception has deeply changed in the last twenty-four hours since we spoke, <laughs> given your new understanding, because it has been a while since you watched the original Karate Kid, what's your take on just the premise in general of Daniel being a shitbag and Johnny maybe not being quite as bad as the first movie really made him out to be? You know, it, it, uh, 
that's that's the that's the thing I was trying to point out and why I said, look, they're both the same because they already broke down at the bar. They were drinking it all up. You didn't see them all having a great time, but you know they had a great time. That's why they stayed there and got faded because that's what you do when you're having fun. It's true. You they're both I mean? so flawed they, heroes. They they are the same yet different. It it it's a valid. Yeah, and, and 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 Daniel's wife is the one that's always pointing it out. She's like, look, just go. Can we get over this over some breakfast already? You know what I mean? Kind of a deal. His you know, wife so is the only one keeping it, it real. <laughs> yeah. So so it's clear, you know, and, and his daughter too, you know, and it's too bad she got, you know, when she got grounded, you know, and that whole fake problem, you know, I just hate the fact that all their problems are, are the same. And it's so crazy because real life the same way. You, all these people got problems because people meet each other at the wrong time and they misinterpret shit all the time. Like you didn't know what that person was experiencing and why that affected yeah. you at that moment. You Because yep. you were exactly. too caught up in you. And it's all one step off from each other in this show. I think that's yeah. part of what makes the show good is that it's just like, wait a second. If you only knew what the fuck was going on right there, right? Because they were exactly. buddies and then they roll in and he sees his kid there that's, and his kid's been blatant yeah. fucking Daniel the whole time, right? And it's like, geez, now you're going to fight about it. Like, y'all were just buddies. Like, what the fuck just happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we literally, right? <laughs> and literally right, that, right before that, his son was about to tell him, hey, you know, you know, I initially started out to do this, blah, 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 but I don't feel that awake. You know, he was about to actually make an apology for it yeah. before it even happened. He, he didn't get a chance to do it. Nope, nope. And you still haven't even got, so we can't even, we almost can't even talk no. about this. And we are going to revisit having Steph Dog on after he's clocked through season two. And like when we do our revisit episode of like just kind of recapping the little well, snippets. We got to basically wait for season three, bro. Cause season three is going to drop all kinds of bombs. Dude, right? it's going to be a bomb. It's going to be a bomb fest. Like they say, like apparently season four has already been recorded. So that's the story Steph. is they were like, apparently YouTube, cause they, you know, they originally launched it on YouTube premium or some shit. And it was the most popular show. It, it's the only reason to have YouTube premium. And then they're going to drop original programming. So they were only willing to pick up season three and they had already written season four, the things getting kind of cult popular. And so then it became a big fight between Hulu and Netflix and God knows who else. Netflix won the, the game and they're dropping all the season one and two at the end of the month. And then, um, and then season three should come out. What month is it right now? August, August, it's August. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I bet you end of September, you know, or late September, kind of the normal TV season time or whatever, they're going to go ahead and drop season three, and then hopefully season four before the first of the year. I don't know. It's fucking awesome though. Do you agree? Like it doesn't. Love... No, it's I, you know I, I I the the first episode was you know I was watching it you know I was I was always like I, I'm always in my typical hater mood right out the gate you know I'm like. Uh, it's already corny, you know, but I'm like, I'm gonna give it time. The, the homies love it. There's a reason why. <laughs> let me let me plow through it, and uh, you know. So there's a lot of it is, is 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 you know you know it's you can predict everything coming oh, for the most part, it's, right? It's it's corny, and, uh, right? So, but but I love that you now know he's a rocker. You know what I mean? 
you you see that he hasn't even lived life since the 80s like he never even had a computer and, and watching him get on the computer is priceless when when he gets to discover that he could just search for anything he wants and get anything he wants and if he does not have turn it off when he's talking oh, shit to the other students and stuff too like oh. it's so vicious it's fucking hilarious like it oh man it's, it's, you grow to it's, love it's really good <laughs> I, I, I actually i think i actually like it more than i like the movie yeah i do too it's done better like we went back and watched the movie part two and part three of the movie are fucking horrible but the first and, movie was good but it was 1984 you know like but part three explains a lot of what happens in cobra kai though right that's why you should watch part three it's a horrible acting i know it's whatever rough, but man it yeah. is rough part like, one it's <laughs> part one is still gonna be always be the classic and dog yeah at one point you should probably you know go watch rewatch that again right so you can kind of you know refresh your memory or whatever so <laughs> I'd love the. Yeah, no, but I, I, <laughs> I, 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 like I said, it was it. I, I at first I was like, oh, this is this, this is so. <laughs> I mean, the thing that the the thing that's cheesy is I'm trying to 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 they, that they just can't resist putting all these fake fucking things that everybody's dealing with, and like the brainwashing, the you know, trying to put all these social things in there all the time. It's like. Will you stop with the fucking constant nonsense? Give it a break already. <laughs> can't even have fun without trying to push these fake little messages all the time. Uh, dude, it's everywhere. So I mean, well, dude, it's always been like that. I mean, like my, my my biggest regret on those, like War Games, is one of my favorite movies of all time. But you know, it wraps up with a really strong, you know, kind of anti-war and like you know whatever sort of message. And it's like, dude, you know, this was a really fun like hacker sort of bullshit movie and then you got to wrap it up feeling like a tree hugger hippie it's like come on man like it ruined it a little bit but it's still one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> so like whatever I yeah, no i mean like i said it like i said it, it took me eight episodes before i recognized that it was actually fucking ralph macchio i was like holy shit that's <laughs> fucking amazing. Like I, I could it's hear hilarious. it i could hear the voice the whole time though you know what i mean like the yeah, voice yeah. was there but I was like, this is incredible, you know? We got to look at the pictures of when he looked, what, did he get facelifts or like, does he look fucking different? He doesn't, he does, definitely yeah, doesn't. No, look he's like just, no, he's thing. just aged. It's just how he grew up, I guess, right? I mean, he wasn't yeah. the, you know, normalish looking dude even then. Like, yeah, he just became an, he just became an adult. Yeah. I mean, he made <laughs> it on the cover of Team Beat and shit like that, but he, yeah, he just, now he's a 48 year old man, 50 year old man. Yeah. Yeah, he's a grown-up. He's, he's yeah. an adult now. It's how it happens. <laughs> it happens. No, so, no and, and that's why I said. So I, I hope you know. I'm. I, I, I would. I would be bummed out if the, if at the end of the series, that 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 Johnny and and Danny do not, you know, uh, make amends and they become like I said, a a a, a team and have their and launch their dojo together. I, I believe in the end, you know, because. Because right always going to win. I don't care what people say. Good always going to win. I ain't looking for the worst. Well, Johnny's good. That's the thing. I think he was always trying to do good. End of the day, Johnny was trying to be a good dude. And he started Cobra Kai again because he wants no. to be a good dude. Listen, and change Johnny, Johnny, I, I think Dan, Johnny I think fucked Dan, up. I think he Danny's only a douche because of his cousins. Yeah. Because, I don't know, man. Dan, he was always, he's kind of a douche. 
<laughs> they definitely, oh, Daniel, yeah. he definitely is a douche, bro. I mean, it, it comes out in part two and three, Karate they Kid. They douche him up a, douche, a little bit. They douche him so. up a little, right? Like, definitely in this thing, too. Like, they make him a little extra kind of, you know. But he ain't so bad. Like, I'm growing to like Daniel more. And, you know, Johnny is, I, I, you know, I've always been a Johnny fan. Jesus, he made some mistakes in the first one. But Daniel got his weed wet, man. And it was grossly inappropriate. Grossly inappropriate. Dan Daniel, Danny has definitely did fucked up shit. You know what I mean? And. <laughs> And, and but he's but he's but he stands for the good message you know what i mean yes, regardless of absolutely. his of his of his fucked up shit he stands for the right message absolutely you know and yeah. uh and the thing about johnny is see you you never really knew that johnny went through you know all that stuff with his stepdad growing up you know what i mean true. so you didn't know he was a troubled soul you didn't know he was a loner it's and true. that's not the way he's presenting he's presented like he's the leader of the pack you know what i mean <laughs> It's true. And really, he had to, he he fought his way to that position. He had he to exude that confidence it. because he was hollow inside, man. Like his, you know, his that's, stepdad that's, that's and right. beat him into you know submission, and he had to be able to step up and exude confidence because that was the only he was the only one that was going to give himself confidence, Warren. Which, you know, which is exact, reason. Which is exact. He did the. He is now repeating that with Hawk. Hawk is him. It's true. It's true. It's the same reason I talk so much shit on tour, Warren, is because I, I was the only one that was going to give myself confidence because it certainly wasn't going to be you. <laughs> and, Dude, and listen. Di you, and Diego you, is, is, is a blend of, of, of Johnny and Daniel. Oh, it's an interesting take. It's an interesting Oh, yeah. Take. You know what? You're... Wow. It's true. He is. Because he came in from out of town. He's got the single mom at home and stuff. And he's learning yeah. like he's you know, also kind of a loner and he's learning from Cobra Kai, but he's dating well, he, Daniel's daughter. He, he, yeah. Uh, everything about him is, is the blend of the two. Dude, Steph's angle on it. He, dude, like, check in with us at, at, dude, seriously, Warren, call him when he's done yeah. with, at, with the second one. Just like, I got to hear your take. Like, FaceTime me in or something. Let's hear your take at the end of uh, season two. All right, we're about. Sure. We're gonna. We gotta cut this. We're gonna make this fucking whole thing go two and a half, three hours again. Like we gotta quit doing that. We're already oh, at two I'll, hours. I still got a question, man. I still got. All a, right, a, all right, all right. Hit him one more. Got, we, we gotta, we gotta into, do a departing dab. Well, yeah, we gotta um get into when. When did you uh, start smoking weed? Start indulging in the. Uh... And have you always been so open about it too? Right, because obviously we're out. You know, I mean, you're. You know, in a very popular band and all that shit have you always been so you know openly you know stoner in my earliest uh um indulgences indulgences with it was uh when i was in high school and i wasn't about you know i didn't make it known at all during that that period of time only though i'm certain some people probably knew <laughs> um I then went through a period of time after that where I kind of like frowned upon it, you know, like uh, my, our homie Dominic who played bass in the band and then, and then went to drums, you know, he was always smoking in it. And during that point of my time, you know, that's when I was like, uh, you know, uh, 18 to 20, you know, in that window, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't smoking it then. And I was clowning. I was like, why are you always smoking that? You can't always, you're always fucking up in the same part, you know, blah, 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 you know, God damn that stoners. kind of stupid shit. Yeah, I was all hating on the stoners, although I didn't really hate it. I was just, you know, I was just like, I was just looking at it like a negative, you know, and uh, and then later on, you know, uh, down the road when we started playing like out and we went to go do a show, I want to say it was in Walnut Creek or Gilroy and Chief's brother Ming 
you know, he had some joints and we were, we were smoking. You're like, you're going to smoke this joint with me. And uh, I was like, all right. So I remember getting high with him. And then I remember just like, man, this is the best. I was like, what am I not doing? You know, but that, you know, in my earliest days, you know, it was always just every once in a while. It was nothing regularly. And, uh, you know, during that period of time, we were always drinking, you know, we drank every single day, you know, that was our thing. You know, every night we were, we were getting our fade on, you know, we either many six packs, 40s, 22s, 32s, whatever, you know, we had all the drinks. And uh, it wasn't until about, uh, I'd say around 95, you know, at mid 95 to end 95, when I, you know, I, 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 I had bought myself my first bag of weed and I was like, and the smell of it, the everything, you know, like it was just amazing to, you know, smoke a bowl and, and get ripped, you know, and uh, <laughs> I'd say from like 95 to, you know, uh, 98, it was, you know, it wasn't until like around 99 when I started rolling joints. And that was because I was like, you know what, I want to smoke joints, but I don't know how. So I just forced myself to start rolling them, Yeah, you know, and uh, at the time, Frank was rolling his own cigarettes. So I was always, you know, watching him roll and I was trying to match my joints to his cigarettes. And, uh, and then again, that same time was uh, when we did that show that I was telling you about, I was on the way there when I was, you know, right. I was watching yep. this one dude yep. roll and, yep. you know, and then that triggered me to learn how to roll the cones and, and the way that I do roll them where I, I say it's backwards, but that's only because the, like you mentioned, the glue is facing away from me versus yeah. me looking at it. I don't lick the glue. I lick behind the glue. Yeah, that's exactly how it did. And, you uh, see me yep. grow my joints. Yep. That's exactly, you know, yep. so. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and like I said, so I did that, and that was because I, you know, I was like, it's, I, I want to learn how to roll joints. Joints are most, so I can't carry a bong around everywhere. That shit is too ridiculous, although bong grips were always great, you know, and, uh, and then I smoked joints for, you know, nearly a decade you know, from, you know, there and always, even from like the, you know, like, all right, so like 96, 97, that was kind of when I, you know, started smoking all the time. And uh, no, I never, I never hit it then. I was always, I was always stoked about it. I was always like, I was always promoting. I was like, man, why are you guys worried about this shit? This shit is yeah. great. Well, and did you get, so that was legal, that was legalization time in California. Did you get a medical license when they were putting that out? No, I mean, it, I, I didn't get any kind of metal wreck, medical wreck until the early 2000s. So there was, gotcha. there was a big period of time where you just had weed. You got, maybe you got caught, you know, they took your weed, gave you a ticket, maybe gave you a warning. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'll say this, you know, all, all my encounters though, with have been busted with weed. I've never had a big amount to ever been busted with. I've never had, I've never had more than an ounce whenever I have been caught, you know, so I've never had like, you know, this huge amount, but, Every single time, all of the, every, I mean, every time I've been busted, you know, probably, you know, about a half dozen times or so, it's, it, it's um, mostly just a big giant jam up, a big inconvenience, you know, you want to get, they're going to want to give you a big lecture on, you yeah. know, why you shouldn't be doing it. This, and you know what you did. I'm like, yeah, I got weed. What's the problem? And normally in other states and stuff, like while you're traveling kind of thing versus um, Cali, I'm assuming because California has always been a little bit light. All, all my events in California. Really? One time and one time at the border going into Canada, I, you know, when we were on the sanitarium tour and I jammed up the entire tour because we were one of the earlier <laughs> buses to cross. And they're like, oh yeah, we're in the, all right. Fucking oh, that fucked up sucks. the whole day. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I remember no, Pat. It sucks they, I'm that guy that day. You yeah. Know what I mean? I'm the yeah. one. 
that the, that the whole tour got inconvenienced and it was on me. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We always to get a lot of lectures before we would go across the border. Pat Penis always figured I was going to be the one to fuck everybody up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, Big Giant Jam up for two joints. I had two joints, but they were OG Kush. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like 2003 OG Kush. Yeah. And yep. throwing away two joints of OG Kush. <laughs> throwing it in the can and give you a break. Oh, dude, remember that time <laughs> we, uh, yep, we, exactly. dude, we had that fucking huge ass joint, Dave. We rolled this joint that was fucking, I, Dude, it was all OG, right? It was a lefto because we're about to go into Canada. Yeah. Yep. And man, we we smoked on that thing for fucking oh man, holy fucking all day, dude. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's fucking. We're, like, we're, like, we're, we're, we're not. Yeah, we're not throwing this out, dude. We're smoking it. And we smoked <laughs> it. We smoked the whole fucking thing, dude. Holy shit. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Warren, you got yeah. one. Yep. I'm charging. Hold on, hold on. Sorry. This has been a super fun episode, Steph. Fuck yeah, thanks, dude. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for doing this. Thank you guys. Yeah, man. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think I've, we've gotten to geek on gear this much yet. And I've been trying. It'd be nice maybe one day in the future we'll get the audio all, di all dialed in. They could do like little mini performances. Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely. We got, uh, you saw Jack's episode. He played a little banjo. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. No, it was all good. <laughs> yeah, I've goofed on that. Uh, <laughs> I, could fire, I could fire it up an amp and we could do a little jam. <laughs> Our producer was like, no, you don't get to play guitar. <laughs> I played out of your Dave, you got to play out of his rig. <coughs> no, I'm sure. <coughs> it's insane. <coughs> Seriously, and it's so clean and orderly. It gives me a little bit of a chub. <laughs> yeah, that, so that rig, the rig I was just showing you, right, that, I have four rigs exactly like that, but they're in two different configurations. One configuration is as the way I showed you, where all the pedals are uh, and the switcher is on the board. Um, the other rig is where is, is a is a 16 space rack. All the pedals are in the rack, all switching, everything is in the rack. I only have one board to control the rack. Oh wow. So just like this this board controls the pedal board and the rack, you know, I mean it's controlling all of it and you know the same rig. The other one is doing everything. All the pedals are contained within the rack on two different drawers. You know, oh, wow. it's all wired up just as lovely as this. And uh, but I of the two of the two rigs, <laughs> I preferred everything contained in the racks. I also have uh, different power amps in those racks. They're still Fryettes, but they're the two ninety twos. They're the two space version of those. Okay. They're oh, yeah, which yeah. actually. And I'm those nervous. are the original power amps that Fryettes been doing. Uh, you know when it was also VHT before Fryette and uh, same amp, but it's just now he's got a single space, 100 watt amp version, you know, so, you know, you don't have to carry around as big a bulky a rig, but you, you can still get some big fat tones. Those two power amps? Dude, dude. Or solid state? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah 100, 100, 100 watt tubes. Do you, uh, who do you deal with there, Steve and, or Neil? You deal with Neil? Steve. Yeah, Steve, Steve's the man, bro. Steve Fryette, right, he's the actual guy, right, so. Yeah, he's great. Fucking, fucking genius, dude, so. Geniuses. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> and Seriously. Neil, I don't know that Neil, the AR for Fryette, he's the guy that came up with the uh, Sansent. He's one of the guys that designed the Sansent pedal for bass. Oh, the, cool. The which, which is yeah. which is a fucking uh, piece of gold still to this exactly. day. Exactly. So it's a staple in, in, if you in want, bass tones. If you're right? trying so. to record bass, you probably almost won't ever do it without one. Yep. Absolutely. Seems so. to be the staple. <laughs> yeah, it's a staple. It's literally a staple. Dig it. All right, Steph, thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate dude. you jumping on. This was fucking hey, awesome. Yeah. Good seeing you. You know, dude, I'm gonna we'll we'll get together physically for a sesh soon. Promise. For yeah. sure. Look forward to it. I'll come out yeah, as okay. always. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. We'll make it happen. All right, thanks, dude. Yeah. All right. See, that was a guitar geek fest of epic proportions. Like that's the kind of shit like ultimate guitar should be picking up this episode or whoever the like I see a lot of those feeds, you know, just like the blabbermouth feeds and stuff. Um, because I'm a guitar geek and shit. Uh uh. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some fucking really nice. Yeah, this is like, and there's a ultimate guitars one of them. There's a couple of them, right? They they uh this is their kind of episode. Like it literally just I, I don't know that I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that on Steph Dog. Hey man, I'm fucking high as shit. <laughs> Look at you. You're fucking just so uh, big. That was you know, that was a pretty good episode. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good shit. He's yeah. awesome. And he's a stoner of epic proportions. Oh yeah, dude. Me and him have had fucking we didn't get into it on this whatever, but dude, me and him have fucking blown out places. Like we spent a whole tour I just see fucking that. Like it's blowing out hotel rooms, dressing rooms, buses, fucking holy shit. He was high as shit like, too by the end of that thing. Like we were all like getting faked. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking, I'm fucking faked right now, man. It's fucking great. Man, Warren, you know, you really are one of the best friends I've ever had. Uh, you pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> the best friend I've ever had.